In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan, and this is your Friday episode. We're doing a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills solo recap. Woo! First off, it's Friday. You did it. You made it through the week. And next week is Thanksgiving, I'm told. So that's kind of like a free week. And then we're into the end of the year. So you pretty much can check out right at this moment until the end of the year. Don't worry. There's going to be all new episodes the entire time. But for you, you can just, you can coast. That's what, by the way, that is the one thing I want you to take from this show at all times. Just coast. Just coast through the rest of the year. Just coast. Just like these ladies of Beverly Hills are just coasting after that magic mic. Oh, gosh, you guys. We have to talk about the magic mic show uh, that spills over into this week's episode from last week where Sutton was like, I wore I wore pants. I wore pants for this to get dongs thrust upon me. But then I saw it. It was filthy. It was disgusting. I say, I say. Uh, We'll go over a couple of uh, news stories as well here up top, and then we'll get into the recap. Uh, How are you? You guys good, though? I I hope you're excited to have the weekend ahead of you. Um, I'm sure excited. I'm doing this earlier than usual. Thank you to Juliana Carosa, who uh, sent in the notes for this. She is such a kick-ass note taker. I I should think of a better term for note taker because, I mean, she's just she's just so good at taking notes on these shows. And so thank you, uh, Juliana, if you're listening, you are just the absolute best. Now, what pisses me off about Beverly Hills, uh, aside from the show is they're airing a new episode next Wednesday. And I, you know, listen, we've got families at play now. I don't know if we'll be able to do a recap next week. So we might push that to the week after there will be so bad. It's good shows to get you through the holidays. I just don't know if we'll be doing the recaps. Also remember to check out the salt Lake city recap. I did yesterday. I, uh, I think it's truly some unhinged work that might be worthy of your time. And like I said, on yesterday's show, I want to put this out at the beginning of this show, just so you know exactly where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. No, you, uh, we do the voice. I do the voices on this show. Um, I want to make no mistake. I do not think this is the exact way they sound. I'm very cognizant of the fact that this isn't note perfect imitations. And if that's something that annoys you, I totally get it. Just don't listen from this point on. Um, because it'll just bother you. And I don't want to bother you. This is supposed to be fun and joyous and we'll make some points. Sure. But at the same time, I want to laugh. I watched this episode now like two and a half times. The first time I got to say, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it, but it's because I wasn't feeling good physically. 
And then I watched it again this morning and I fell in love with this episode. I thought there were so many, and I hate when grown men say this, so many delicious moments within this episode, so many moments that I cracked up. And I've got to say, listen, I think it's easy. You know, I'm just not missing Rinna. I'm not missing Rinna. I just thought, you know, there is a, there's certain characters on these shows that I think go too far or they hit a certain season. Like Jen Shaw for me was that way from the beginning. She went like too much, too quick, too fast. And for me, it always was just so jarring. And I think Salt Lake City even shows sometimes getting that character out or at least putting them on pause or sending them to prison will give them <laughs> time to think about what they've done. No, I think sometimes it just the balance of the show gets overly affected when you have somebody just going so hard every scene trying to produce. And I think that is the thing if we were looking at, at a in some kind of positive manner is that I think Rinna, especially in last season, you know, obviously she was going through the loss of her mother, but also I think she was really trying to produce her own material, make everything a moment, make everything this huge fight. And it really affects the balance of the show because you then can't really focus on anyone else's stories because you're so um, kind of amazed slash sometimes disgusted about how hard they're going in the paint at certain other characters. You're like this. I don't see why this warrants that kind of insane behavior at times. I don't know if you guys agree with me. You don't have to. Um, but it's one of those things that I noticed. So I've enjoyed the first four episodes of Beverly Hills so much because it's nice. You're actually able to dig in a little deeper and kind of be like, okay. And I love, listen, Sutton, I think is turning into, and I know you guys like, oh, you love Sutton. Yeah, I do love Sutton. It's always been kind of a fun bit that I do, but I think she is really turning into a fine housewife because she is uniquely herself, kind of like Lisa Barlow is uniquely herself. And I think we are drawn to those people. And, and I mean uniquely uh, themselves in the sense of you might really dislike Sutton or Lisa, or you might really like uh, Sutton or Lisa. But at the same time, both of those feelings, I think, come from the fact that they're being very much themselves and who they are, are characters. I mean, think about your real life. Think about real life right now. Think about the Kramer from Seinfeld you have in your life. Everybody has a person in their life or people in their life that you're just like, yeah, when I hang out with this person, it's wild. Or I have this friend I grew up with and they are just so, it, how they talk about situations, how they go through life. I don't know how they do it. And I think with Lisa and with Sutton, I'm kind of like, how do they go through life like this? It, I mean, they are so uniquely themselves that I think it's just fascinating to watch their behavior. And I think that is what makes these shows interesting are people that don't hold back. Like, I I thank God Sutton has not gotten to a point where she's like, well, I shouldn't share this much on TV. I shouldn't make any kind of afternoon cocktail with my vodka and grapefruit juice. I, I shouldn't do this on camera, I say, I say. Like, I love that she actually still is herself. Now, whatever is to come from that, we hope to capture that on this show. And that's why, but I, I just truly love, and I think we are in such a unique year in Bravo in terms of housewives. I made a meme earlier. Um, oh God, I never thought I would get to a point where I'd be like, I made a meme earlier, but I did, where I was thinking about iconic housewife lines just from this year alone. And we had the Meredith Marks Salt Lake City episode of like the with the husband. Are you talking about And then the you can leave. I mean, 
chills even when I say it now. But then we have this iconic scene at the very end of this week's episode between Sutton and Kyle where Sutton's like, name him, name him, name him, Kyle. Yeah, I just said name him, name him, name him, name him, name him, Kyle. <laughs> name him now, name him, name him. I was like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> And then she, did you notice how she did different tactics? She was like, she was like gentle, dainty about it. Name them. Name them. Name them. And then she got, name them. Name them. Like, in, like, that reminds me of being an actor and like you use different tactics, you use different vocal styles to get your point across. And I just loved that it started off of like a little, name them. Kyle, name them. And then picked up steam. Name them. And Kyle's like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Name them. I said, name them. I say, I say, name them. I, that's a scene that I'm going to keep going back to. I truly loved it. So, um, yeah, hats off. I mean, really, really some good episodes coming out of Housewives lately that I think we're going to talk about for a long time. Now, yesterday I talked about the ratings that Bravo is getting right now, and it just seems like to be hitting it out of the park. And I, I know I'm good. Yes, it should be hitting it out of the park. Um, okay, so if you like this show, remember to leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Patreon, we're doing a Patreon live this Monday. If you're a Patreon member, come join us. You can ask questions. I do a, a whole show live on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Um, we're, it's really fun. You can watch it afterwards too. I believe the video is put up. But it was a lot of fun. Last uh, last month, Halloween, we dressed up. Maritza dressed up as me, which uh, she had like a white beard and um, a baseball cap and a huge jug of soda. And it really, it really, really made me think that I need to quit and work on my look because uh, it was it was like looking into a mirror. And I don't know if I necessarily liked what I saw. So so come join us for that. I'm going to do a Patreon update later today after this recap. Um, so, uh, also watch what happens live. I wanted to mention this. They did, um, Sutton Strack. Sutton Strack was on watch what happens live last night. And I just truly, uh, I just really adore. This is an example. I'm going to play you a clip. This is an example of what I'm talking about in terms of how much she shares and how she is not how she is not um, censoring herself for good or bad. I think this is really unique. Let me pull up this clip because I also want to. Oh, my God, you guys, I just got hit with a breaking news pop culture story, which we'll talk about in a second. But my God, oh, um, we'll get to that in a second. But I just wanted to play you this clip of Sutton last night on Watch What Happens Live. And this is the kind of honesty I'm talking about. Uh, it truly shocks me um, in the best way possible. Uh, listen to this, guys. Uh, Sutton Strack from Watch What Happens Live last night. We saw on a still, I think, in the premiere. Oh, God. That it looks like, based on what was shown, that you get, like, 300 grand a month from your ex in Whoa. your um, <laughs> settlement. Yeah. Well, that's kind of after taxes. <laughs> And then y'all are like, <laughs> good for you. Love. And then good that y'all don't even know what my assets are. So just leave me alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, if you want divorce advice, come to me. 
Oh my God, that is, that's what I'm talking. Well, that's 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 after taxes. I get three hundred thousand a month. I love that kind of honesty. I love that she just tells the truth, <laughs> and I think it's amazing because it just comes. It's so unique. Are do you? Am I crazy? I am crazy, but it's so unique. Also, I wanted to shout this out as well. Uh, Maditza, who works on the show, um. She was on Watch What Happens Live. They do an after show for like 10 minutes. You can watch it on, I think, like Twitter and I think a couple of maybe on YouTube. And sometimes they'll put put clips on it. But Maditza got to say a uh, she got to ask a question of Marin Morris. Now, I wish I could have talked her into potentially talking about uh, talking to Sutton being like, Ryan loves you. But uh, she was professional. She was she was great. And she looked great. Um let me find this clip for you. I I just love, I love it that she's, she was on this after show. Uh, Maritza from Phoenix. What's your question for Marin Morris? Hi, Marin. Did you hear from any Vanderpump Rules cast after you turned Schwartz's pity party into a country song? <laughs> um, I, I did hear from Katie. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. She loved it. I love, I mean, yeah. I was kind of shocked no one had like done a, a spoof of it right right i was like what the actual yes. are you talking about yes. um, but yeah i was like i'm gonna get the guitar out and put a song to it uh andy first off her name is medita it only took me uh a year and a half to learn how to say that correctly it's medita and he says maritza so hopefully Maritza will be on uh, a couple more times so Andy can get the name pronunciation. Okay, but you know what? We don't fault him for that. But that was really exciting in the So Bad It's Good extended universe. So he's very happy about that. Now, folks, summer is just around the corner. So it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's hit you with some pop culture news before we get into this insane recap. Um, Listen, we've got bad news uh, for all of the... Medical marijuana smokers out there or just 
regular marijuana smokers. I, I don't know if we all it all falls under medicinal use. I mean, I guess it kind of does. But I uh, was awoken today with this news that really just shocked me in so many ways. We got uh, we got a statement from Snoop Dogg, Snoop D O G, and he posted this this like a, a screw like a shot of him with like prayer hands, and it says over this it says. After much consideration and conversation with my family, I've decided to give up smoke. Please respect my privacy at this time. And then he signs it Snoop Dogg. And by the way, I got to say from the signature, what an amazing, this man has a very, an amazing signature. Really, it's almost calligraphy levels. I just do scribbles, but this really nice. It seems like the giving up smoke has already affected his penmanship because this is really nice. But also Snoop, if you're listening, I, I don't know if you're a so bad, it's good listener, I'm sure you are, or maybe will be in the future, but really during the holidays? I mean, that's the time of year I would imagine that you need smoke even more. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not, listen, I think that's amazing. But also then other people were commenting on the post I made and saying, he said smoke. That doesn't mean he might still just be doing edibles or this might be some kind of advertising campaign, which is kind of genius if it is. And then I sent to my buddy who, uh, who is you know, a medicinal marijuana user. And uh, he told me, he said, yeah, Willie Nelson gave up smoke too and only does edibles. But I think Willie Nelson is in his 90s. Seems like he's killing it. He's doing great. But I imagine that's got to be tough on the lungs. But I just, I don't know. I just kept, I've been thinking all day about this Snoop Dogg giving up marijuana. Like what if it changes his entire personality? What if he has to face his family for the first time? Families in Thanksgiving are the most intense part of the year and you're going to give up the thing that potentially relaxes you the most? What if he's at the Thanksgiving dinner table with his family and he's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I had no clue what? Like, I'm actually hearing the things that you're saying for the first time and I'm not enjoying it. Like, so pray for Snoop Dogg, folks. I think this is actually really amazing. I'm curious. Let's see where this story goes. This is a developing story because what if Snoop Dogg after Thanksgiving, he's like, uh, you know that thing I said last week? Um, screw that. I'm back. I'm back with smoke. I'm back with But also, he, you know, he's one of the he's one of the he's the poster boy for marijuana. And we're losing the poster boy for marijuana? Now, I can't really smoke marijuana. I don't know if this is too personal just because it makes me uh extremely paranoid and it makes me want to eat everything and I usually already want to eat everything. And so then it just amps up the eating everything for me. Like I really sometimes I wish I could be that person that just could do that on the daily. I, I know a, a bunch of people that do that on the daily and they seem really good with it. I just am not that person that's good with it. I get so in my own head and I cannot, I just, oh my God, the first time, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about stuff like this, but the first time in college, Arizona State University, by the way, and I was one of the only Arizona State University students that didn't party. Like I didn't drink during college, like one or two here or there, but like that ASU experience for me, like that's how weird I am. I'm the guy that went to ASU, the number one party school in America and didn't party. Like I was in theater. I was in like a dance belt. And uh, I remember going to this party and it was at my friend, I think Trista's house. She had the coolest house off campus. And um, uh, and I smoked and I was smoking with a group of people and I just kept hitting the thing. And I think the time I had tried it before, it didn't really work at all. So I thought, oh, this isn't a big deal. But this time it worked. 
it worked. And it, I just, I never had that intense of an experience in my life. So much so that I remember we were outside on the patio. It was like a, it was a party. There's like 30 or 40 people there. And I'm sitting there and I'm just getting more insular, more quiet, realizing like, how the hell do I get out of here? Like, I don't even know how I got here. What the hell is going on? And I remember going to try to get inside the door and what felt like me, like the door wouldn't open. And I stood in front of the door, which felt like two hours, just trying to like pull it and push it and pull it and push it. And finally, somebody that was like outside with me just like got up and just opened the door. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh no, I've lost all motor abilities. And some, these people just watched me at the door stand here for what seemed like two hours. It was probably just like 10 seconds, but what felt like two hours, it was like an epic battle in my head of like, how do I get this door open? And then it was that I was that person at the party where they were like, okay, we got cleanup on aisle 11. We've got a man down. We've got a man down. And I remember at that point, I couldn't communicate anymore. I couldn't verbally say anything. That's how bad this was. And they sat me in front. They just sat me in a chair. They sat me in a chair downstairs in like, like the side there. I remember there was like a, like a lamp that was like dimly lit. And it was just this chair to the side in her bedroom. And they had the TV on and the TV, it was just on. And the movie that was on, and I just rewatched this movie uh, for Halloween. It was The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. And there are scenes in the movie The Fly, if you've seen it, it's really gross. And he like peels off his fingernails. His body parts are falling off because he's turning into a fly. Really scary stuff. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there and I can't speak and I'm in horror because now I'm super stoned and I'm also watching Jeff Goldblum pick off his fingernails. And I'm just like every and people would come down almost to look at me like I was like somebody in a zoo. And they, you, I could hear him talking about me. I'm like, is he going to be OK? Is going to be OK? And I wanted so badly just to reach out and be like, help me. But I couldn't move my body at all. And then it was just great because then I just started becoming like a piece of the furniture at this party. Like, I remember this specifically. I think it was uh, we had this great Mexican restaurant or fast Mexican restaurant, Filiberto's. And I remember um, this girl, April, came down with this big, uh, big thing of like carne asada fries. I remember it specifically. And she just started going to town and I was so hungry. I was so hungry, but I couldn't say, I couldn't use my mouth. I was like, Oh, like I was just hoping somebody would like open my mouth and just feed me carne asada fries, which is at the end of the day, even high or not, that's kind of the dream. That's kind of what I'm working towards anyways, is just having somebody open my mouth and feed me carne, carne asada fries. And I remember finally, somebody must have called my girlfriend at the time because all of a sudden my girlfriend showed up and was like, what happened to you? Like, it was just that it was like, it was like a mom thing. Oh God, really? Really? I, I don't know. Like, and this had been for hours, folks. I had watched the whole movie of The Fly into Saturday Night Live. I remember that specifically. It was Saturday night and uh, it was, it was really, really disappointing. And that, that memory has stuck with me for this long. It was one of the most frightening experiences of my life. <laughs> it was, I had never experienced that since. And I'm very cognizant of it. Like I've been, well, you know what? This is not a show about me doing this stuff, but I just wanted to share that story. Snoop Dogg, I'm praying for you, buddy. You got this. You got this. I can't wait to see how your perspective changes about life. Um, this is like, I want Snoop Dogg to start a podcast now. If this is true, if if Snoop Dogg, clean and sober from marijuana, I want to know every step of, this is a reality show, like breaking Snoop or, you know, snooping with Snoop. 
Like, I want to know every step of the way of him being like, wait a second, what kind of music have I been making the last 10 years? Oh, shit. But Snoop Dogg also is that person that says, oh, this is a funny story. I had, well, I don't know if I'm, well, this is a Snoop Dogg story. I have a friend that worked on something with Snoop Dogg and they had to go to his studio to work with him. And they went to this studio to work with him and they just need him, I think, for a couple hours. Um, But he has a professional joint roller. He has a person on his staff that just was responsible for rolling Snoop Dogg's joints. And I'm thinking about him this holiday season right now. Like, are they going to be able to place him with somebody like something different in the Snoop Dogg company? Because this it's holiday season. You're, you're putting Snoop Dogg's joint roller out of business right now. Like pray for that man as well. But, um, so they, you know, the, the guys that were there to work with him, they were kind of secretly hoping that they, like everybody does, it's like that they were hoping that they would be able to like smoke with Snoop. Like that would be, because I think everybody would want that experience. I would even want that experience. That's an that's an experience that you don't pass up. It's like it's like the, the service cameo where you get like birthday greetings and stuff like that from people. And, you know, it's like, you, that's a really great experience. That should be a cameo option is just smoke with Snoop. And at the very end, and I think Snoop probably, that's probably why he's saying he's quitting. He's probably just tired of smoking with strangers that want to smoke with him for the experience, but they did get the opportunity to smoke with him. And I'm not, I'm not telling you not a lot, but just like a little. And my buddy said, he's like, um, he's like, be careful what you wish for, man. He's like, it was amazing at first. And then I got to my car and I just, I wouldn't drive. I couldn't drive, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And like, I just got an Uber home. I could not, like, there was just no possible way. Whatever it is, Snoop is smoking is so powerful that it would knock us off our coal mining asses. Like we would not be able to handle it. Woo. So Snoop Dogg, I'm thinking about you this holiday season. I really, truly, I'm thinking about you. (laughs) So, okay. This actually is trigger warning, uh, involves, um, sexual assault, and this is just breaking news about Puff Daddy or Diddy, as he's known now. He has been sued by his ex-girlfriend, Cassie. Now, this is in the New York Times. Sued by ex-girlfriend, Cassie, this alleged rape, abuse, and human trafficking. Um, this now is from the TMZ article. The singer named the bad boy honcho in a federal lawsuit she filed Thursday out of New York City, in which she alleges a number of transgressions against Dat- Diddy, including claims of human trafficking and a shocking claim that he broke into her home in 2018 and forced sex on her. Um, the alleged rape, Cassie says, came towards the end of their relationship in 2018 when she decided to leave Diddy for good. In her suit, she says they went to dinner one night that year, which Cassie thought would be a discussion on how they could each move on. Afterwards, she says they went to her place, but claims Diddy forced himself into her apartment despite Cassie's protests. Um, Cassie claims Diddy then for uh, this is horrible. Uh, In the aftermath of the alleged incident, Cassie says she tried separating herself completely from Diddy, moving away and cutting all ties with Bad Boy while under a lot of stress. Um, it's just the tip of the iceberg of what else is alleged in the lawsuit, including years of what Cassie claims were physical and emotional abuse at the hands of Diddy, such as beatings and stompings. She alleges he dished out regularly over the course of their relationship, which Cassie says started in 2005. Uh, though their time together, Cassie claims Diddy would regularly ply her with drugs and alcohol, make her carry firearms around in her purse while out in public. And worse yet, she alleges he forced her to have sex with several different male prostitutes over the years. Cassie claims Diddy would film these coordinated liaisons with her and the prostitutes whom she claims were hired by Diddy and pleasure himself while watching the intercourse. 
Ooh, one other stunner of a claim here. Cassie alleges that Diddy once said he was going to blow up Kid Cudi's car while he was home. This after learning of a brief relationship he and Cassie shared around 2011 or so. And goes on to claim that in 2012, Kid Cudi's car did in fact blow up in his driveway. Whoa. She doesn't say explicitly that Diddy orchestrated it, but she does say that the fact that it happened like he threatened, terrified her and made her fear for her safety. It goes without saying these accusations are absolutely stunning, but Cassie is insistent they happen, saying, after years in silence and darkness, I am finally ready to tell my story and to speak up on behalf of myself and for the benefit of other women who face violence and abuse in their relationships. Um, and she says she still de deals with repercussions today. Diddy, meanwhile, has come out with staunch with a staunch defense, calling Cassie's claim a straight-up financial shakedown through his attorney. Mr. Combs vehemently denies these offensive and outrageous allegations. For the past six months, Ms. Mr. Combs has been subjected to persistent demands of $30 million under the threat of writing a damaging book about their relationship, which was unequivocally rejected as blatant blackmail. Despite withdrawing her initial threat, Ms. Ventura has now resorted to filing a lawsuit riddled with baseless and outrageous lies, aiming to tarnish Mr. Combs' reputation and seeking a payday. Um, the New York Times is the first to report this lawsuit. Um, wow. So we'll see what happens with this. But also, when there is blackmail, um, it is. I mean, I don't think we, but like, you know, go to the, you know, if you are blackmailed and especially if you're a celebrity, go immediately to the FBI. I uh, want to mention a story about David Letterman back in the day from the late show. He was blackmailed by uh, this woman he had relations with, which worked at the late show with David Letterman, I believe. And her current boyfriend at the time tried to blackmail David Letterman and say that they would go to the press with this relationship. And David Letterman said, uh, um, went, just went to the FBI and he made an open admission that these were in fact factual claims, but that he was not going to be blackmailed because they were seeking a large sum of money. And in no way does that make David Letterman like, oh my God, what a hero, because obviously a real schmuck, if he's hooking up with somebody from his job, somebody that, you know, the power dynamic is completely out of whack there. And it pained me to see that at the time because David Letterman is, was such a, a hero to me in terms of interviewing and just comedy. But it is one of those things. I'm really curious to see how this shakes out. Now, Diddy is a billionaire, but those are some wild accusations. And I know that's weird to start it off. We're trying to be funny today, uh, but that just hit and I wanted to talk about it. I'm sure we'll talk about it again on Monday's Pop Culture Roundup. But wow, that's really, um, that's, that's horrifying in so many ways. So thank you for allowing me to talk about that. I'm, I hope that didn't ruin anybody's day. Um, but uh, let's get to the... <laughs> What a horrible segue. And here's to some funny ha-has with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, this episode is brilliantly titled Elevator. Now, if I were a betting man, if I hadn't watched this episode and just saw that it was called Elevator, I would think that this was about going to hell in an elevator. But it's not. It's about the elevator at their grand suite where Erica kind of sets up this ambush on Sutton with this magic mic dancer that is with Mikey Minden, her artistic uh, director, or however we're calling Mikey Minden, whatever we're calling Mikey Minden these days. So that's why it's called Elevator. But what a great title because it immediately gets you on board. You're like, I want to see a elevator. Hell yeah. Do they have the special effects budget to actually pull off a elevator? Whoo. Season 13, episode four. This is the summary 
that we get from the cable company. The women recover after a meltdown in Las Vegas. Ooh, that first sentence just, it just, it, it ensconces me in velvet. I love that first sentence. But Erica's elevator call out of Sutton leaves everyone floored. Dorit and Garcelle want Kyle to put her cards on the table about her marriage. Now that's clever writing too, because they actually play a card game. Serena Kerrigan's card game, uh, Let's Fucking Date. Serena Kerrigan was on the show on Tuesday talking about it. So that is quite a summary. And I got to tell you, as a fan, if I read that, I would be fully on board. I'd be like, I am ready to watch Elevator. This is going to be good. So we start off, as always, seeing clips from previous episodes previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And we have Erica at her therapist. I need to be a better friend. And the therapist is like, you're going to need to have some empathy. But how do I get that? How do I? Well, how do you say that empathy? Is there an umlaut on that? How do you say that? Is that French? French? Empathy? Empathy? I've never heard that word. That That's a curse word. Empathy. And then we have a scene of Mauricio of like, love being stopped that. You don't need any more tattoos, Love Bean. Love Bean, stop. You're going to tattoo your face. You're going to look like Post Malone. It's going to be gross, Love Bean. And Kyle's like, you don't have that choice. Honey, Love Bean, please. I'm at a point in my life. I don't have to explain anything to anybody anymore. Fudge College. You aren't my dad, Mauricio. Stop. Love Bean, what are you talking about? I'm on Rum Springer. And then we have a scene of Garcelle in Las Vegas saying, I don't know if I can trust you guys when it comes to my family. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And by the way, I'm fully on board with Garcelle saying that she shouldn't trust these ladies. We have to stop pretending that these ladies should be entrusted with each other's dark secrets because it's going to wind up on TV, TMZ or Daily Mail or it's going to be fodder for the episode, which, by the way, we want. But at the same time, I can totally see why Garcelle would be withholding of that. I mean, did you watch Real Housewives of Miami this week? Larza gets told by Gertie that she has cancer and she's like, this is between us. This is between us, Larza. Larza, this is between us. She's like, of course, of course, of course. And then they 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 have this postscript that comes up six hours later. And then they're like, no, seriously, six hours later, we have Larza throwing a party for Marcus Jordan, her boyfriend, because he's been away from the house for five days, has a welcome home party because he's been away for five days and she's immediately telling all her friends like Gertie has cancer Gertie has breast cancer it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and then Marisol she tells Marisol like Gertie doesn't even get to tell Marisol Larza tells Marisol and Marisol's like 
oh my God, people need to stop dying. I can't handle this much more, which really comes off of like Marisol. This has nothing to do with you. I love when people personalize other people's illnesses of like, oh, how much more can I take? And it's like, think about the person that's sick. How much more can they take? I love, and that's a very housewife thing. And it's a very human thing. We personalize all of these really horrible things. I mean, I think that's just human nature, but it's sometimes shocking to watch it on television because you're like, dude, this ain't a time for you to be thinking about yourself. It's a time for you to be thinking about others, you know? Anyways, we now cut to the Magic Mike Live where Erica and Crystal are being like bone zoned and groped and, you know, on stage. And we see it from a different shot, I believe, in this preview. So you see it from like a wide angle shot. You just see how they're just like pounding into these like pants and like, you know, motorboating the vaginal region, if you will. And we have Sutton being upset because she was not pulled up on stage. And Sutton's like, I wore pants for fucking nothing. I got my best old Navy, my old Navy khakis on. So I just choked on my Sutton imitation. I wore my best Old Navy galoshes and khakis, and I was ready to get all humpy dumped on, and I, I, I didn't even get pulled on stage. I still hold true to the notion of if Sutton shouldn't have left so quickly because they would have pulled her up eventually. Maybe they were save, like saving Sutton for like the big finale number of like Sutton's going to really, you know, like why you know, she shouldn't have left. Sutton leaving the theater is like, what the fuck was that? I want my fucking mic off. I'll say, I'll say, this is insane. And then we have that scene outside the theater where Kyle's like, are you upset that you didn't get asked to go up there and you wore pants? No, because you wore pants to go there. And Sutton's like, it's got nothing to do with that, Kyle. And, and Kyle's like, maybe it has a little something to do with it. It had nothing to do with those pants. Bite your tongue. I, <laughs> this, this gets more ridiculous to me the the more I talk about it of like how serious like that how dare you this got nothing to do with these pants I well, these are my lucky going out pants it has nothing to do with getting rubbed on are you kidding me I would have wore pants anywhere I went on Vegas that's just how Sunstrack does it are you kidding me Kyle you know how many times you see me in pants I don't like skirts I got weird knobby knees I say I say so I gotta wear pants. And then we have uh, on the way to the Sprinter van, Kyle to Sutton. Kyle's like, now you're being the bitch, Sutton. You're being the bitch. And Garcelle's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, we don't have any taglines this week, folks. There's too much. There's too much happening to get the taglines. The episode begins with the ladies in Las Vegas at their palace suite in Resorts World. It really is a palace of a suite. And I always wonder about these things. I'll never gamble enough. Um, like I, I tell you, I like the wheel of fortune slot machine, but I'll never gamble enough on the wheel of fortune slot machine where they're going to offer me a 30 room villa with a screening room, a pool outside. Like how much do you have to gamble or be at? Like, how do you get that room? And if you get that room, what's the incentive to go gamble? It's like, I'm going to live in here now for the rest of my time in Vegas. I don't want to be out gambling. And then you'd feel pressure to gamble. You'd be like, they gave me this really nice free suite that I could like house a whole football team in. And now I have to go gam. I would be so bummed out that I would have to leave the suite. Like, I mean, in fact, resorts world, if you're listening, what I think you should do is you need to put like a blackjack. You need to put all of the games inside that suite, including slot machines and just have people play there because I would not want to leave that suite. I think that's a genius idea. Anyways, Crystal is talking to her glam team at the beginning of this episode. She's like, wait, we're doing an upsweep, right? An upsweep? I think I think we should do a casual look. Oh, um, 
Uh, and then, uh, sorry, no, that was Crystal. Crystal, not Garcelle. Crystal to her glam team. And by the way, Crystal is not in this episode that much either, but I do have a good uh, word. Uh, I do have uh, on good authority that Crystal does have a very good storyline that you'll see kind of start happening, I think, midway through the season that you will see and will be a big part of the show. So uh, I guess, wait. But anyway, she's like, wait, we're doing an upsweep, right? I think hot casual. And then she's like, Rob texted me last night and I said, I'm on stage at Magic Mike. And he said, great, have fun. Don't tell me. <laughs> Listen, this Rob, he's a mensch. I like this guy a lot. I got to meet him last week and he was really nice, really. And I, I think this is the way to go. Rob, very undramatic. Rob's like, you get on the phone right now. Where did they touch you on stage? Show me on the doll where they touched you on stage. How dare you? He's just chill. He's a grown adult. I like that he's not threatened by things like this. Now we go to Erica in her room. She's like, I'm going to use this fabulous Crystal Carter's dress uh, for lunch with Crystal. <laughs> so it actually works. <laughs> so I guess there's a designer. I don't know, folks. You know, I don't know fashion, but I guess there's a designer named Crystal Connors and she's wearing one of their dresses on a, a lunch date with Crystal. And Mikey Minden is like, oh, my God, that is that's Beshert. That is Beshert. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. We see a bright pink, shiny outfit. She's referring to laying on the bed. Then we cut over to Sutton to Garcelle in their room. And uh, sounds like, I drank half a Coca-Cola. I'm just going to warn you. I don't even know what that means of like, I just got a little Coca-Cola caffeine in my system. So I'm ready. I'm ready and raring to go. And Garcelle being made up by her glam team looks at her phone and goes, oh God, Sutton, you and caffeine are not good. All right, let's get this show on the road. No more Coke for you. And Garcelle's makeup artist stops kind of dead in her tracks and looks at Garcelle. And Garcelle's like, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. I do want that kind of, could you imagine how shocking that would be if we eventually get to a season of Housewives where people are just openly doing cocaine? I was going, <laughs> I was going to get a little sugar booger. <laughs> I got some booger sugars. <laughs> could you imagine? What happens if Vegas stays in Vegas? I'm going to get a little booger sugar right now before I go out. <laughs> Oh, my God. sorry. Could you imagine? Anyway, now we cut to Dorit, who is FaceTiming with her love. A love bug, PK. Hi, my, hi, my love. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. Oi, baby. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm actually in our backyard of our suite. Look at the pool. And she like goes through the phone and shows the pool area. And there's like a barbecue. There's a pool. It's insane. And PK's like, it's so beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? And Dorit's like, it's so beautiful. Are you guys going to barbecue? And Dorit's like, no, Kyle and I are going to have lunch. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And Dorit's like, I'll show you the theater. It's really cool. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And she walks to the, the suite's personal movie theater room of the pool area. And Dorit's like, look at this. It's your dream screen. Can you imagine watching Pretty Woman on this? And then we read, ladies and gentlemen, Berlin. Take my breath away. There's a large TV taking up more than half the wall in the room. And Dorit sits on the green velvet sofa. BK's like, tell me about Magic Mike, huh? How was that? How was getting your bits and pieces rubbed on? I'm just eating some crisps right now. And Dorit's like, oh my God, where do I begin, Bubblicious? Oh no, she goes, Bubblish, 
Now, she usually she calls PK Bubba, but now it's Bubblish. Ooh, Bubblish. Bubblish. I love this new moniker from, oh, Bubblish. Oh, Bubblish. Jagaloo. How is Jagaloo and my Bubblish doing? Oh, my God, you guys. There's a really cute thing on Dorit's Instagram where her kids rate her past looks. And I got to tell you, Jagger and Phoenix, they are my new fashion police. We finally found somebody to take the throne from Joan Rivers. Rest in peace, because these kids, you, I'm begging you, go to Dorit's Instagram and look at this video. It is one of the cutest, funniest things I've seen in a long time, because these kids are dead on. Little Jagaloo is like, mommy, it reminds me of ancient Rome, but also um, updated, you know? It was so damn cute. They were so precise in how they felt about their mom's looks. I loved it. I've watched it two times. I really, I, I want these, and I know we shouldn't get kids involved in show business, but sometimes I'm like, let's make an exception because th these kids are really funny. Like I, these kids are star. I've told you this. I've told you this. So the, however long I've been doing these recaps for Beverly Hills, these little Jagaloo and little Phoenix, these guys are stars. I mean, stars, I tell you. Um, Erica, so she's like, uh, oh my God, where do I begin, Bubblish? Erica and Crystal went on stage. And we see the um, the nine on Erica's uh, private bits. It really does like, uh, somebody's like having a full meal on the Magic Mike stage out of Erica's bits and pieces. And the two guys all of a sudden like jump up to tag team. Like, did you see that moment where like the two guys, one's like messing around with Crystal, one's with Erica and they turn around and they hide, they kind of like, like they lock hands and look at each other and then they flip and change women. And that's the kind of camaraderie and brotherhood I'm talking about. We don't talk enough about the brotherhood of the Magic Mike um, dancers. They seem like they are very, uh, they're family at this point. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, brother, you take Crystal now. I got this one. Like it was really, it's really wild, but I, I have to say, I don't want to see these flashbacks any longer. Um, and Dorit's like, when Sutton saw that, them going at... Erica and Crystal, it definitely, she got upset with like an overreaction. Beep, boop, bobby, boop, boop, boop. And PK's like, you should have told her to go see Mary Poppins down the road. Oh, wait, isn't, oh no, isn't, because I was like, PK, isn't he producing Mary Poppins? But I think it's Peter Pan with Boy George and and Dame Dorit Kemsley is actually doing a couple of performances over the pond. And uh, which I would love to see that show. I hope it goes to Broadway. Uh, Dorit in a talking head goes, Magic Mike is a huge show. People come from all over the world to see it. So to have a friend of mine causing such a scene, it's mortifying. <laughs> Can we talk about how fucking ridiculous that is? Magic Mike, it's, it's like, it's like cats. Oh, people, it's like Phantom of the Opera. People come from Abu Dhabi to see the magic, the wonderment of Magic Mike of these men thrusting their groins on these women. I mean, families come from everywhere. They save up their, their shekels and their pennies for years to come see these Magic Mike men. And please, and, and she's, she's saying that, and Sutton ruined it for all these families. They did. But also the fact that I was embarrassed. I was watching my friend get fake eaten out on stage. And I got to tell you, I was ashamed at Sutton. Could you imagine? <laughs> the magic mics were going down on the muffin and sudden left, and I was so ashamed to be there with sudden strack 
causing such a scene. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. Oh, PK, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> Please, guys, if you go to the Magic Mike show, be respectful. These are artists on stage. I mean, come on. Come on. They are doing puppetry of the penis with their dongs, and it must be respected. I am so tired to live in a society that does not respect dong art. Dong art is so special, and the men of Magic Mike do it so well. Please respect dong art. I beg of you, if you can take one thing away from the season of Beverly Hills, you must respect these men of Magic Mike. This is art. I mean, this is, I mean, this is the, the Mona Lisa with dongs. Like, please. Dorit tells PK, how was dinner with Mo last night? So he went out with Mauricio. And PK's like, very good, very good. We had a lovely dinner because we haven't actually seen each other. He's been traveling a lot, you know, but he said he had a tough-ish year with Kyle. I said, we had a tough year. And then we flashed to dinner with PK and Mauricio the previous night. So now it's like, Two stallions, two coxmen, just breaking bread. Two old boys on the prowl, you know. And PK's like, hey, Mo, there's nobody that don't go through shit. I mean, it's impossible. And Mauricio's like, love me. No, no. He says, not one, not one. And, but you, you're quite soft like that, Mo. You don't want to fight ever. You just don't. And Mo's like, well, I have no time to fight. I, I have no interest in fighting. As far as I'm concerned, my wife's always right. And PK's like, hey, but she can't always be right. Oh, oh Mo, she can't always be right. And Mo's like, well, she can if I don't want to uh, to fight. She can. So Mauricio's basically saying she he agrees with everything that Kyle says because he doesn't have time to get into these fights. Where, by the way, now we're seeing these cracks of the relationships. We're seeing why Kyle potentially is in the place that they're in with their relationship is that maybe Kyle did want some fights. And Mo was too busy. I've been thinking about this episode, and I, I know this is silly, and I know my recaps are silly, but I have been thinking about this because I was thinking about my own divorce, and I know, <laughs> yeah, I know you're like, oh, God, really? Um, but no, truly, because it, you know, they've been together 27 years. They have a family. They have these successful businesses, and Mauricio is on fire in terms of the most success he's probably ever had in his life with the agency. And Kyle, my God, so successful herself and has been successful in certain ways since she was a kid in terms of her acting. But sometimes you don't grow together and sometimes you're speeding up when somebody else is wanting to slow down or vice versa. And it completely affects the relationship. And it really even so solid, solid relationships that have this amazing foundation can break because humans, you guys, we know this is that we go through things that we can't explain. We go through these feelings in our hearts and our, our, our souls and our bodies that we that nobody else sometimes can understand. And Kyle obviously is going through something very major right now. And on top of it, she gave up drinking. She's working out like a madman. And she's feeling like that relationship with Mauricio, like he's on this path of like, go, 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 say yes to everything because you got to strike while the iron is hot. And also, I think this is the difference between men and women is, you know, like Mauricio saying, like, I don't want to fight. I don't want this thing. I've got, a, I've got so much work to do is he really is focused on this. And obviously he got focused so much that he kept his, eye off the prize if the prize is Kyle. And it probably even rocked Kyle's world even more because she was wanting probably the relationship that they had seven, 10 years ago. And it's just not possible. And even, you know, I always say like, you know, 
even Rome fell. There, you know, the fall of Rome happened. Like Rome was supposed to be this like great utopian society. Rome fell. Like things can fall. Things that would shock you. And like you know, I think people thought Kyle and Mauricio would always be together because that's what we saw. This very healthy, happy unit, and they both seemed to really want to be very successful in their work on top of raising this kind of beautiful family. And uh, we see that they're in very different places right now. So I just thought this conversation and also Bravo evolution, I would pay extra if you just gave me the full unedited Mauricio PK dinner conversation. I want to see like, why are we just getting a clip of that? I want all of it of like, hey, you got anybody sliding into your DMs? I've got this person. I think it might be a catfish, but they're sending me their boobs with their nipples. It's very exciting, Mo. You want to see? Hey, Mo, you ain't the only person getting hit on. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm the hottest man of Beverly Hills right now, Mo. Yeah, that's right. I showed boy George the other night. He was like, Zoik's comma, comma, chameleon, PK. You've still got it. And Mo's like, come on. I, I, I just want to work. Don't pull me into the darkness. Oh, come on. I'm just saying, let's go clubbing. What's the uh, Los Angeles equivalent of Studio 54? You're going to be on Dancing with the Stars, Mo. Let's do some dance moves. Could you imagine me and you on the floor? The soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever pops up. And we're like, you can't tell by the weed, Lunanda is a woman's man. No time to talk. And then we see a couple of bevy of beauties looking at us going, who are those stallions? Who are those coxmen? I would love to share a drink with them with the caucus out. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, Mo? Anyways, I can't believe we just got a little clip of that. I wanted so much more. Anyways, PK finishes up the conversation with Dorit. And he's like, but no, I'll really enjoy catching up with Mo. Good, good, PK, good. Also, PK, we know, is a gambler. He And I think he's like kind of a high stakes gambler. So I, I would have loved if he was like, PK's like, hey, while we're at it, I'll need you to pull out $10,000 in cash. Try not to get mugged. And I want you to go down and bet it all on black. Do it now, Dorit, please. Oh, Bubblicious, please don't make me do it. Please. Come on. I feel lucky tonight. We switch now. We switch now. <laughs> we switch now to Kyle in the pool area of the suite and her phone chimes. And Marisa's like, hello, love bean. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I heard you had dinner with PK last night. We did. We did. Did you guys have fun? We had a good time. Yeah. Um, all, all was good. He seems kind of distracted. Kyle rolls her eyes. Can you give me the girl version? Because girls want to talk like other girls talk. They want the dirt. It's kind of like Paige DeSorbo and Craig. You know, Paige said she's training Craig to like be more gossipy. And I'm like, Craig already seems really good at that. But Paige is like, you know, tell me how a girl would tell me. And uh, I love that. And <laughs> Mo's like, yeah, I love being, yeah, me. He was good. He was, you know, he was just talking to me a little bit about what's going on with him and Dorit. It's just been a kind of hard, you know, for them. Yeah. Um... Did Portia make it to school on time? Oh, uh, yeah, Jen took her. I had a board call this morning, so I couldn't take her, and I'm uh, I'm going to take her to school tomorrow. And Mo's like, hold on. 
hold on. I mean, I ended up taking the wrong turn here. Um, okay, you ladies go out and have a ton of fun. I love you, love bean. And Kyle asks, ha ha ha, love you, bye. I'm going to go turn on some country music. Whoa, who's this Morgan Wade? No. Uh, but anyways, it's kind of this disinterested conversation where he's already like, oh my God, I'm in the car, I'm driving, I don't know where I'm going. And, you know, it's that thing where he's just like doing the check-in of like, okay, I'm just calling to say I love you. And it just seems like that's not enough for Kyle right now. That scene, it's not enough for Kyle. And I think it's probably always been enough for Kyle, you know, in, in the last couple of years, but all of a sudden it is not a lot for Kyle. And we're allowed, by the way, obviously, you are the creator and driver of your destiny. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to do that. But I think it's going to be interesting. And I think it's going to be interesting to see Kyle a year from now, two years from now, because when you're having all of these new thoughts and these new feelings and you give up something like alcohol, it really makes you confront a lot of things about yourself. And it can be a rocky road because you don't have a roadmap on how to do any of it. You don't have a roadmap on like, how do I, these new feelings, how am I, like, I hope she has the best therapist in the world because she, it's got to be so frightening and so liberating at the same time. And you can tell she has this kind of newfound respect, but other people, she feels dragging her down, wanting her to drink all of this stuff. When she's like, I've never felt better in my life. I've never felt, I'm just, by the way, is Kyle's a smoker, right? I wonder if she gave up that anyways. We're now at Garcelle and Sutton, and they are ready, leaving to meet Oliver for lunch, um, Garcelle's son. And Garcelle's like, are we saying goodbye or are we just leaving? And son's like, yeah, we got to say goodbye. And Garcelle frowns and yells out to the suite, bye, guys. And Sutton also yells out, bye, guys. I'm wearing my pants, I say, I say. And then Erica, we cut to her dressed in her shiny pink outfit for her lunch with Crystal. And she's like, Miss Crystal. And Crystal walks out of her room like, yeah, and Erica's monotone. She's like, kill pass, kill pass. Chris is like, thank you. Uh, Crystal and Erica are now walking through the resorts world lobby and casino, uh, casino lobby. Crystal holds a glass. And she's like, is this like, okay, can I have a drink and walk? Yeah, it's, it's definitely okay in Vegas. Yeah. They encourage you to have alcohol and just walk around like outside, inside. That's how they, they really want it that way. They're like, yes, we would like you to drink as much as possible. Erica goes, we're in Vegas. The rules don't really apply. I'm Erica Jane. They stop at the hotel restaurant Viva to eat. And Erica's like, two for lunch, please. And the host is like, we'll see you right away. Crystal orders the tuna tostada. And Erica does the chicken enchilada. Oh, God. Imagine getting like pantomimed rubbed on at the magic mic and then eating enchiladas the next day. Thank God it wasn't enchiladas before magic mic. That could have been a whole different stage show of like, I'm so sorry. I shit myself doing magic mic. You're doing art up here with your dogs. And I had like enchilada tummy problem. I'm so sorry. I blame Mikey Menden. Anyways, Chris was like, I feel like everyone's having a good time. I mean, obviously Sutton's blowout last night and Eric's like, wow, I didn't see it though. Crystal says, and Eric is like, I didn't see it either. All I know is that we were having a good time. And then I kept looking to my left. And son, people were gone. And Chris was like, yeah, I had the same experience. I think she would have had a fun time if she was called up first to the Magic Mike show. But that that's the thing with her personality. She goes off the deep end and it's hard for her to come back. And Erica's like, you know, I'm not going to give it undue life. I'm in a place in my life that I've worked very hard to get to a place of peace and nothing's going to disturb that. And Crystal's like, totally. So Erica, this is uh, Zen Wen. This is Zen Jane. 
You remember she gave up fighting for Lent. Uh, she has a very close personal relationship with God and Jesus, and that's what she gave up. But um, I, uh, you know, I said this last week, and I said, you know, we we give flowers so easily in Housewives Universe. It's like, yeah, Erica's much more palatable this season because Rena's not there, and because she's not actively speaking out against the victims. Like, fuck them! Oh, they're not getting nothing of me. No, I get these earrings. She's not having to fight for these things, so it's a little more relaxed of an Erica. Does that make me like her anymore? I mean, not personally, but I like watching her in this scenario and these situations a lot more. This is more the Erica Jane that I think we came up with. So it's like, obviously that intensity of that bubble is dissipating a little bit, but it doesn't make me like, I just, I'm not like, oh shit, I stand like, no, I'm just, it's harder for me as a housewife fan. I think some people are so easy with like, oh, I love her again. It's like, ah, no, I mean, I love what she is for the show. I love the scenes. I like, I'm enjoying her scenes where I was not enjoying her scenes the last two seasons. So I'm totally down for this Erica. Um, so we swing over to the Palazzo at the Venetian hotel where Garcelle and Sutton are shopping. And Garcelle's like, Sutton, I have a little surprise. And there's a gondola and Garcelle makes a sweeping gesture with her hands. My dear. And Sutton's like, walks up to the gondola. It's like, well, thank you. Oh my God. I, was, I guess I didn't get rubbed on at Magic Mike, but you, you're taking me on a gondola ride. None of the other ladies can say that. Glad I got my gondola pants on. <laughs> um, their gondolier, Luca, He's like, ladies, welcome to the Las Venice. My name is Luca. It's very nice to meet you. Now, this will be your gondola right here. I have a hand here whenever you are ready to come on board. Luca helps them board the gondola. And Luca's like, well done. Go ahead and find your seat. Andiamo, which means let's go. The ladies buckle themselves in with a seatbelt. Um, I don't know if this is like because of the F1 racing that's happening in Vegas this weekend, but how intense are these... Uh, these gondola rides, like, we will do a 30 feet drop and uh, you will go 360 at some point and we need to buckle you in. It's very intense, these gondola rides. Luca goes, how are you ladies enjoying your time in Las Vegas? And Garcelle's like, well, we went to Magic Mike. And Luca's like, oh, it is art, the Magic Mike. You can never leave early because it's so beautiful, the Magic Mike. Families come from all over to watch their dongs, uh, the, the dongs in their pants, of course, get rubbed on other ladies and people with pants on. It's a very wonderful experience. And Luca's like, oh, of course, it's the best magic show in town, right? Magic show? Like, it's even right, like, wait, oh, the magic they do with their dongs. Their dongs will disappear halfway through the show. And then at the end, they're like, here's our dongs. It's very, it's magical. Garcelle's like, yep, it, it's magical. And Sun just raises her eyebrows and smiles. And Sun's like, so how are you feeling, Garcelle? And Garcelle's like, um, I feel a little unsettled. I think this morning was good. I really needed to get that off my chest. And we get a flashback earlier that morning over breakfast where she is talking about that scene from last week. Well, I don't know if I can trust you guys when it comes to my family. And Dorit's like, to say that I don't trust you with my family. Oh, that is right in my heart. And Garcelle's like, well, I feel like now you're making me feel like I need to apologize to you for how I feel because you're so hurt. And Garcelle tells Sutton in the gondola, well, it wasn't received how I was hoping. When I see Dorit and Kyle, I don't know how it's going to be. And I said to them in the past, and right at this moment, Luca breaks out in, Oh, de mio, I can't do the trill, but there's a trill. Robbing your dongs on the magic Mikey. Garcelle whispers to Sutton, he's singing. And Sutton mouths back, he's singing, I say, I say. It's a romantic conversation we're having, I guess. And Garcelle's like, well, I didn't know they sang. Luca stops singing like, oh, oh, no. oh, 
And Garcelle's like, so, you know, and then Lucas started, and then Garcelle's like, so, um, yeah, I said, Luca continues singing where she can't be heard. And Garcelle smiles at Sutton and goes, okay. And Sutton's like, I like the cut of your jib, Garcelle. And Luca finally finishes his uh, Baccarel. I don't even know how to say that word on a long note. Oh, and it echoes loudly through the canal. Sutton and Garcelle clap and Garcelle's like, "Woo, that was so good. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that is pretty close and accurate to the imitation I do for Andrea Denver on Summer House. Now we're over at Kyle and Dorit's turn to go have lunch. And Kyle's like, if I don't eat something soon, I'm about to eat your arm off your body. That's a, wouldn't that be an interesting plot line? Is that, Kyle is starting to eat humans. <laughs> Dorit goes, I feel the same way, Kyle. The ladies arrive at a restaurant called Wally's and get seated. Dorit orders a large bottle of distilled water with lemons. Carcass out and a regular Coca-Cola. Kyle orders an iced tea and a latte. Kyle's like, oh, milk latte. I need caffeine right now. Same, Kyle. What time do you think we fell asleep? Two. And Kyle's like, two? And they flash back to Kyle jumping on the bed and scaring Dorit as she tried to fall asleep at 1.45 a.m. And remember then, Kyle got up at like 5.30 a.m. Like, how the fuck are these people doing this? Like, if I get three hours of sleep and sometimes that happens, I'm fucking dead. And there's not a thought in my mind of let's go work out. No, it's like, let's feel miserable while I'm up. Dorit says, I'm tired too. Ah, it's a one-up. I'm very tired, Kyle. And I didn't sleep again last night. And when I... Then I think the conversation with Garcelle on top of no sleep is sleep. It hurt me a little bit, Kyle. And it's not a judgment on her, but she has to be able to be honest. Beep, boop, pop, beep, boop, boop, boop. But I just feel like, wow. They give the server an order to share a chopped chicken salad and a tuna melt. Uh, Dorit's like, do you think like this whole not drinking and distancing yourself for a minute, Kyle, was to try to protect yourself and get control? Because obviously... You have the trauma of falling out with your sister. That's traumatic. Beep, boop, pop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And Kyle's like, maybe. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. Wouldn't that be a theory? Wait, it was. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe also, um, I feel like I need to be really clear right now. This is what I'm telling you. Like the people that always talk about being clear, it's usually I'm watching a cult documentary and they're like, Scientology had me for the first five years. I never felt more clear in my life or like the Nixium documentary or the Heaven's Gate documentary. There's always somebody staring directly at the camera going, I've never felt this clear in my life. And that's sometimes, I mean, I hate to say that, but sometimes I hear that with Kyle. Um, so Dorit's like, listen, I hope you don't feel like you have to justify or I, you know, made little comments. I was like, you're not the only one. Trust me. I mean, Mo has said it. Sutton has said it. A lot of people have said it about Kyle's new clarity. Uh, Dorit and I talking heads like, I think Kyle's choice to not drink allowed her to have more control over everything. Sutton and I talking heads like, you're no longer drinking. You got five tattoos. You're working out. Who works out anymore? I say, I say, seems to me like ding, 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 midlife crisis. I mean, it can be a little bit of everything, but also, you know, Kyle's doing Kyle, whatever. She's feeling clear. That's the only thing at the end of the day that matters. But people are always going to judge what you do with your life, especially if you're doing something out of the ordinary or what they think is out of the ordinary. But that's just going to make Kyle push back even harder. That's what I'm telling you. There's a very teenage rebellion little part of this for me. It's like, you don't like it? Well, I'm going to go even harder. Garcella and I talking to her says, I thought she was just going to take a break. I mean, she's really doing this mocktail thing. I miss the old Kyle, not the splits, just Kyle. It is sometimes sad 
I think when people, and we've said that about other Bravo celebrities of like, oh my God, they stopped drinking. I wonder if the show's still going still to be good. But that's kind of like the fallacy that we have within ourselves because we see sometimes the messes they are, but it's like, this obviously is a positive step for Kyle, or at least in Kyle's head, it's a very positive step. So Dorit goes, I mean, listen, selfishly, and when I tease, I say, oh, Kyle, come on, is because we have seven years of history where we go on trips like this. I know. You and I let loose and we'll do silly things. And I like the silly things. We'll drink heavily. Silly things like that. And have fun. And I miss that. So, but even that, Dorit, before I would have felt like, well, I have to go have drinks because everybody expects that for me to go have fun. Or I would say, pretend and have a club soda and pretend there was vodka in it. I feel like I don't need to do that anymore. This is who I am. I don't like to just take it or leave it. Like, so, I mean, what does this say though? It's like Kyle's been phony this entire time. What is she saying? Like, I like this concept of like, I've never had a drink on this show. I just pretend to get shit can wasted. You know, you think I like doing the splits and flinging my hair all about like a helicopter? No. No, 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 no. Um, I think that's fascinating. Do you guys know Dean Martin? Remember Dean Martin and Sinatra and like the Rat Pack? Dean Martin was always known for having a drink uh, with him. And he was always kind of like this this, this, uh, this charismatic drunk. That was kind of like his, the word on the street. Like, well, what a charismatic drunk, you know? That was always his bit. And then years later in his life, he said, yeah, like that wasn't, I would just have a drink and it would just be water or something like that. And I would tell people it was alcohol because people assumed people wanted me to be this character. And so he leaned into that. And I always thought that was really, really fascinating. Um, now we are back at Viva's um, and Crystal's with Erica and Crystal's like, anyway, so I'm just very curious with all the stuff with you last year. Do you miss your old life? And Erica's like, sure. There are parts of it I miss when it was Christmas time and I would go through all of Tom's belongings and things that he gave me. I would remember the warmth of the house. Uh, so she's saying the warmth of the house at Christmas when it was like all the baubles, probably. And the lights and the tree. Oh, Crystal, the trees. And how we'd have fun. Oh, we'd have fun. Yeah. Do I miss the fighting and the arguing and the pressure and all of that? No. No, I do not. And Eric and then talking head goes, At the end, Tom and I fought about everything. Now we get a flashback to 2015. Was, wasn't the end of their relationship, but it's the scene an intimate dinner out with Tom, Erica, LVP, and Ken. And Ken's like, you know Tom's signs of always a jacuzzi, Tom. I don't believe that. Um, Tom to Lisa is like, you have great looks, Lisa. And Erica's like, and a great intellect. Excuse me, Erica. Excuse me. This is me talking, not you. We've seen that scene a billion times. Let me tell you a story about when I met John Wayne. Um, Lisa, by the way, was very charmed by, charmed by Tom Girardi. Lisa loves men that are powerful and have money. Crystal goes, well, like, oh, sorry. Eric and I talking head goes, nothing was harmonious. We both had descended into resentment for each other. And that is when your marriage is over. (laughs) I wonder how much of this is true and how much of this is rewriting the narrative afterwards to gain some sort of sympathy Um, there is, I mean, it can be a little bit of both, I'm sure, but there is that element of, okay, now you were a damsel in distress. You were this kind of, um, person kept in, uh, lock and key in a castle, like, you know, let down your hair, let down your hair, you know? And 
I think that's interesting. I would be really curious to really understand the ins and outs of their relationship. I know Tom did cheat on her. I'm, I'd be curious, but he also bankrolled her. And I'd be curious what, if any, the arrangement was between the two of them. I don't think we'll ever get that kind of honesty. And I don't mean that through Erica. I mean, a lot of powerful people will, will never kind of find out their situation, nor sometimes do we even deserve to hear it. It's not our business. But when you put yourself on reality television, it does become a little bit more of public domain in a sense. Uh, so Crystal says, like, how do you feel like you can go back to what you used to do, like your life? No, my life will be forever changed. And I will be forever changed. I'm mean, going Because going through something like this, it really shifts you inside. Just like they shifted her inside of that magic mic show. Hey-oh! Um, <laughs> Crystal's like, yeah. But I think I can start to have some fun and some normalcy. For the longest time, I didn't have any of that. And Chris was like, would you go back to it? No, 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 no. Well, isn't it? I mean, but it, I mean, come on, isn't she, or wasn't she dating that billionaire dude, that Vegas billionaire guy? Like, <laughs> I won't go back to anything like that publicly, but under the covers, what you don't see, <laughs> who knows? We go back to over at Wally's. And Dreet's like, I've told you this was not a good year for me in my marriage, Kyle. I know you've said that. PK had dinner with Mo last night. Mo had said that to him. And Kyle's like, I think a lot of it has to do with us having a harder year. Is you know, and it's like I expected more from him for what I was going through, which I know you can understand. Also, probably, you know, he loves to go drink and he does a lot of business events where, you know, I'm supposed to go and, you know, be the wife and support him. And sometimes it's like, I don't want to go to these parties. That to me was really fascinating too. It's good, uh, you know. It's like you do go to these events and you kind of make you having a drink kind of helps. Having a drink helps at these things. Loosen you up, have fun, and like I always say about celebrities, how many of these parties can you really go to? Like I have to go to an event later on, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it feels like there's so many events lately, and it gets really. You know, because you're like, oh, it's going to be the same thing. I get maybe you'll meet somebody that can help you out business wise or meet connections or stuff. But it's just like it, it can become a, a very time consuming job in itself is just going to these parties. And you're like, oh, boo, hoo, free food and drink. But think about it. Wouldn't you much rather be watching your Bravo and your stories and being with your family? I don't know. But it really shows you also where Kyle's head is It's like, oh, my God, now I have to just go be the trophy wife. And I feel like I'm past that. I'm discovering who the real Kyle is. Kyle and I talking head goes, Mo's in sales. And a big part of that is putting yourself out there and being social. And I'm in a place in life where I don't want to do that. I mean, I would much rather be home reading than going to an event, especially that I don't drink anymore. Now, I will say, though, that is for Mauricio himself. Now, I'm sure in newer relationships or even the newer friendship with Morgan Wade, it's probably really exciting to go out with her because that's somebody new. That's a new experience with a new person. That's why relationships are so tricky because the new baubles are always going to look a little brighter. It's going to bring out something new in yourself. And if you are at this place where you feel like this new, clear rejuvenation, you're not going to want the old person, the old weight holding you down in some way. You're going to want the new person that sees the new you, that got to know you during the new you period and loves the new you. Mauricio potentially doesn't like the new Kyle, loves Kyle, obviously, but might not like elements of like, well, what happened, love bean? We used to share drinks and it would be great. And then we would laugh about it on the way home. Kyle doesn't want that. That's really hard, though, when you have to grow together as a couple. That's really, really hard long term, especially in today's society. Anyways, Reed's like, well, if this is the direction you want to go and he's that, uh, do you ever worry about the future? 
How do you sustain a marriage, Kyle? Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And Kyle tears up. Kyle Natagenhead goes, I think that the way my relationship is now, I'm not happy. I'm sort of now working on myself inside and I feel like he's very focused on his work. So I feel like in that aspect, we're kind of like, you know, growing in different directions. We've said it. It's finally out there. We've said it. Wow. We are really setting up the dissolution of their marriage. Kyle goes in the scene. I would be happy like full time in the mountains, you know, doing the things I like to do. Kyle Richards in a role you've never seen her before. The Mountaineer. Kyle's just, ah, getting wood to make a fire. Have some cock cocoa and read my Colleen Hoover books. Kyle. Kyle continues in a talking. Kyle continues in a... Colleen, if you're listening, I love you. I think Colleen does listen, actually. Kyle continues in a talking head. I don't want to wake up, you know, a few years down the road and be like, who are you? What are we supposed to talk about now? And Reed goes, oh, look, ah, it's work. It's a struggle. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Dreed's like, I'm so tired of talking to PK about Boy George or the movie Pretty Woman, please. It's evening now, and the ladies are back at their palace suite to get ready for cowgirl night out. This already was bad. I'm like, cowgirl night out. Jeez, round two. Sutton's going to wear more pants. Let's get Sutton humped tonight. Can we find, Can we please hump Sutton? For the love of God, can somebody hump Sutton out in Vegas? It's a large town. She should be able to be get humped at any point. You can tell I really like an episode when I, I could just keep going forever because it has this blend, this episode of like really kind of dark stuff that actually really revolves around people's lives. But then there's just so many insanely silly moments in this. Um, also, I do want to point out, watch what crappens. Um, I saw their meme yesterday talking about the way Dorit was picking apart that uh, that uh tuna salad sandwich. It was like picking it up like piece by piece. It was a very interesting way of eating the tuna salad sandwich. Um, and I thought it was also interesting because they were all making fun of Sutton last week for the way she was eating the the sushi. Like, I don't want to eat this piece of fish. I'll say, I'll say. And they were all making fun. And I was like, Dorit, you have a very interesting way of eating as well. Whew. Nobody should be making fun of anybody's food eating habits, but come on, do not bully Sutton for fish eating. Anyways, uh, we're at the palace suite getting ready for the cowgirl night out. And son's like, well, time to get these boots on. And Garcelle's getting glam. She's like, we did a gondola ride. And son's like, it was very romantic. And Garcelle's like, yeah. And then we had lunch with Oliver. They pop into a moment of their lunch earlier at Milo's restaurant. And Garcelle's like, how are you, son? And Oliver's like, I'm good. I'm good. Garcelle and I talking head goes, Oliver was shown kissing Raquel. Um, Garcelle using Ra- Raquel's dead name, Ra- Rachel's dead name, the artist formerly known as Raquel. Uh, her new name is Rachel. Now they flashed to that scene in Vanderpump rules last season at the pussy club of all of that's actually what the name of the club is called. Oliver and R- Rachel kissing on the dance floor. I even forgot about that. That's how insane season 10 of Vanderpump rules was. So Garcelle's talking to Oliver. She's like, how do you feel about it? And Oliver's like, it's unfortunate that everybody's seeing me in a different light than what it really is. Garcelle continues in a talking held talking head people didn't don't didn't understand that he was separated at the time with his his wife so we got a lot of backlash in the scene oliver goes i don't feel that i need to explain myself to anybody it's working out and garcelle's like i love you so much i love you too mom i'm glad you're good baby 
Now, listen, I love Garcelle a lot. I do. I do. And Oliver, probably a really fun guy. Like I saw him a couple times at BravoCon. Seems like a really fun, nice guy. Two things can be true at one time. I would love a scene with Garcelle. It's like, baby, I love you no matter what. But really, you know, stop dicking around with women. Stop. Just please stop. Like, just just on the off chance that your your ex is correct, just stop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, moms are always going to stand up for their sons. Like, my mom stood up for me. Like, I always told my mom, I've said it on the podcast. Unfortunately, she's not with us anymore. But I said, listen, mom, if there ever is a moment where I get into some, like, you know, murder trial or something, don't stand up for me. Just say, like, if he did it, he did it, and he should pay for it. Like, that's, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of, obviously you know, these things are really delicate, obviously, but a lot of those DMs were released. And I just think, uh, I think stardom, I think being a part of this universe, I think any kind of like low level celebrity is really exciting and it can be toxic at times. It can make you act differently than who you are. Does that say, you know, exactly who you are as a person inside and out? No, but I do think men in particular, we make the worst decisions. We make the worst momentary decisions that we then regret, but also we know we don't really usually then um, take accountability for it. And it's always excuses. I mean, I hate to keep bringing up Scandaball, but we saw that time and time again. It's not at the end of the day. And I know some people will disagree with me at the end of the day. It's like, yeah, I wanted to hook up with a bunch of women. That's it. I wanted, that's it. It's no deeper than that. It's like, I just really wanted to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how Oliver expands his role in the Bravo universe because he does work at Vanderpump Paris. I do believe we will see Oliver more in the Bravo multi-universe. Um, so uh, Garcelle begins clapping her hands in the glam chair. She's like, are we going to get some energy? I say that because I need it. Time to get the Coca-Cola. Erica's being dressed in her room. Her stylist is putting her pants on and just zipping them all in like, yeah, get me in this thing. Yeah. Erica goes, I haven't been to a country bar since my great grandmother died. And we rode the ball all night. What a weird story. What a weird nonspecific story of like... <laughs> We all remember that time I went to a country bar. <laughs> I'm just so sorry. I'm just like, well, you know what? That's very, when, when my mom, Becky Bailey died three months ago, uh, that we did go to a country bar afterwards. And I gotta tell you, I rode that bull all night long. You know, life is a bull ride. I'm going to ride it all night long. How did you even wind up at a, Honky tonk bar in it. Who knows? Crystal's in her room getting makeup and Crystal goes, I Googled Asian wearing cowgirl clothes. And what came up was like girls wearing leprechaun outfits. But like, I literally don't know what to wear. And Sutton's like, well, okay, I, I have to hold on and lean back. Sutton's like practicing the bull rise. Like, I'm not going to, uh, we, we don't have another magic mic situation. I'm going to rise. So I, I, hold, I lean back. I hold, okay, let's do it on the bull. Sutton in her talking head goes, I love a honky tonk bar. I say, I say, I love the line dance. I like country music, y'all. And I like a good bull ride. I got one in my backyard. I had Arby set it up. Arby set up a bull just so I could practice my bull riding. I should have had him set up a magic mic stage and practice with pants before I got there. But, you know, um, two in the nut. <laughs> sure. Anyways, Kyle walks out dressed in leather shorts, strapless top, fishnet stockings, a cowboy boot, and signature cowgirl hat all in black, ready to go. And Dorit's like, there she is, looking good. Hey, Miss Richards. First of all, I love that hat. And Kyle touches it. She's like, thank you. You like this old thing? This is my favorite. 
the Kimosabi. Kimosabi. We have invoked Kimosabi, the hat store in Aspen that we loved last season because uh, uh, that's where Lisa Reno is like, my friend Kendall Jenner, she has a tequila. Uh, can I have that at Kimosabi? Uh, <laughs> anyways, this is a hat from Kimosabi. Kyle keeps that store in business. Kyle's like, this is the Kimosabi hat they shipped to me. By the way, these are real diamonds. Kyle, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do not have a, do not wear an all diamond hat around Vegas. Are you kidding me? And Dreed's like, what? Shut the front door. PK's like, grab, grab that hat. Nick the hat. Nick the hat, Dorit, please. Kyle hands her the hat. These are, <laughs> these are real diamonds, I swear. Okay, so. Listen, when I saw this immediately, I thought of a show that has, I mean, been with me ever since I first saw it the day that it premiered, Rock of Love. Now, Rock of Love was just iconic where Brett Michaels tried to find true love, kind of like The Golden Bachelor, but more um, uh, more fluids were probably exchanged in the making of Rock of Love. But they had all of these amazing, amazing women. Um, but one woman in particular that I fell in love with, I think America fell in love with really too, was Cindy Rodeo Steele. I'm Rodeo! And she was just so iconic. And I thought a beautiful woman. Um, I mean, no joke, but like when I saw Kyle, it reminded me so much of Rodeo. I've made Rodeo jokes since 2018. In fact, I was looking at my Twitter because I was like, God, I, I've, I've talked about Rodeo a lot over the years. And I looked, I was like, sure enough, there's like tweets from me from 2018 talking about Rodeo. But Kyle looked so damn much like Rodeo. But I, and I made this meme last night when I saw the show, I was watching it live because I was like, damn, all right, rock of love. Like, I love the homage. And people thought I was almost, or some people thought I was almost making fun of Kyle's look. And I was like, I think Rodeo was really good looking. So like, I think Kyle's good looking. Like, I don't fully love the ripped look, you know, like all buff, but like teach their own. And who the fuck cares what I like? But um, she looked like Rodeo, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I just thought it was like, it looked exactly because Rodeo always had the hat. And Brett Michaels, even though she was a little older than the other ladies, Brett Michaels still had his eye on her. He still gave Rodeo love, if you remember. Somebody told me that Rock of Love, all the season are, seasons are on Hulu. And I might have to go back in and do Rock of Love again because it has been, I mean, it's got to have been a decade since I've seen that show or even, I mean, it's just really, really amazing. Now, um, another podcast, Sexy Unique Podcast, I don't listen to them, uh, but I love, I love Laura. I love Carrie and, um, but I don't listen to their show, but I think, cause I got, they were tagged a lot of my posts. So I think they might talk about Kyle as rodeo or something. I'm not sure, but go listen to their show. It's great. I love them. But, uh, also rodeo though, everybody should be talking about everybody. Rodeo is one of those kind of characters on reality shows. If you know rodeo, we're going to get along. I, and all of like flavor of love. I've talked about even the VH1 shows earlier this week, if you listen every day, but truly fantastic. And I love the homage to rodeo, but it was like, I, I hope I, you know, it's like weird when you make these memes, sometimes people assume that it's like this cutting jab and it's like, no, she fucking looked like rodeo. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Sorry. I don't. Um, Dorit is like, that's why I told you I knew this hat was my favorite. Woohoo. Uh, Juliana Carroza put in a note here saying, you know, you're in a midlife crisis when you have to have star band on your cowboy hat made only from diamonds. 
That might be a cry for help. Sure. That's a cry for help. It's like also when you get really into TikTok as an older person, sometimes a cry for help. I'm saying that about myself. Uh, the ladies are with their stylist, taking pictures of them that post and brag about later. I will tell you, that's the great thing about not being a woman is that I, like even at BravoCon, like Medici tried to get a picture of my outfit one day and I felt like such a jackass doing it. And I was like, I can't imagine what you women have to go through on the daily to get pictures of your outfits. Like I literally shower, uh, put deodorant on a little cologne, powder my balls for like 30 minutes. And then I go, I mean, and there's usually no pictures taken because I would just, I wouldn't like, it would, it would depress me before I went out. I would not like any of them. Um, so the Sprinter van, uh, I love Sprinter vans, come to take them to uh, Delano or Delano, the D Delano Hotel. Now, I want to tell you guys, this hotel is where uh, all the Bravo celebrities stayed for BravoCon. And I know that because I went to the Jeff Lewis, uh, the Jeff Lewis pre-party at the Delano. It's like where they actually eat dinner in this was where Jeff Lewis's pre-party on Thursday is. And when you see them walking in, I saw the exact spot. I don't know if you listened to my BravoCon episode. I saw the exact spot where I hid from Tom Sandoval in the lobby because he was like talking. I, like I was on the phone texting, like waiting to go up for Jeff Lewis's party. And which, by the way, I'm going to be hosting the Jeff Lewis wrap-up show uh, some point next week with Justin Martindale. So if you listen to Jeff Lewis, it's it's you go to Jeff Lewis's channel after Radio Andy, and there's a wrap-up show, which I cannot wait to do. And we'll get to talk, take calls. So if you are a Jeff Lewis listener or a So Bad It's Good listener, call in and be nice with questions. And I hope it's really, really fun. But uh, anyways, so that you can see when they were passing, I had like Vietnam flashbacks. Um, cause I saw exactly where I heard Tom like, yeah, dude, you too is amazing, dude. And I realized Tom Sandoval was like 10 feet away from me. And I just like got up and ran to the corner cause I didn't want to have a conversation. Um, so you can see, I, I mean, I wish this was like more video so I could point out the exact, uh, point of my cowardice, but it's in the, the Delano Delano or however you say it. Kyle goes, I hope people know we're going to Chili's. That's why we're dressed like this. Huh? Garcelle's like, not Chili's. And Kyle laughs, not Chili's. Tillies and Garcelle laughs. Gillies, Kyle. Oh, Gillies. It's a fun bit. They arrive at uh, Rivia, Rivia, Rivia for dinner and get seated. At their table are napkins with their names embroidered on them. And I have to tell you, Vegas especially must have a whole department of just sewing things on napkins and bed pillows because I know for BravoCon, the housewives' names were sewn into the um, the pillows or the pillowcases. And I just think like, what, like, you know, talk about Snoop Dogg's weed roller, his joint roller. This is a whole, whole nother job of like, there's a whole industry of people just putting celebrities names on shit, you know, of like, Hey, do you, <laughs> do you have Alanis Morissette's uh pillowcase? We got to slap it on her thing. She's here this weekend. Like, I just love that there is a whole department. It doesn't happen for people like me or you, but it happens for all these celebrities. If somebody's like, sewing in Kyle Richards so she can wipe her mouth with it at dinner. Um, they order drinks. Uh, also, Kyle says Ms. Kyle Richards on it, and it's the only one that camera showed. Good catch, huh? They order drinks, and Sutton's like, well, I have a kettle one on the rocks with a side of grapefruit juice. I can't believe Sutton didn't bring her grapefruit juice in her purse with her. Dreet's like, Belvedere club soda in a short glass with three lemons. I will point out, Dorit says it here and she says it later when she orders a drink at the Honky Tonk Bar. She does not order carcass out. And I wonder if she is a little embarrassed with the carcass out point of her drink order from last season. And she's like, listen, I don't need to see carcass out. It's, it brings a bad imagery. I can do the carcass out myself. 
I don't need to embarrass myself in my order. Kyle's like, do you have non-alcoholic beer? And he's like, I do. I can also do a passion fruit non-alcoholic mocktail. Okay, I'll do that. And Garcelle to Kyle is like, how long is this going to go on? And Kyle cracks up. <laughs> and Erica's like, I asked the same fucking thing. So this isn't what we call support. This is like, how long are you going to not be drinking, Kyle? Kyle in the talking head goes, everyone wants me to drop a split and do the helicopter with my ponytail. I mean, I'm fun no matter what, okay? It's just a different kind of fun. It's not the kind of fun that we're used to. Anyways, Garcelle's like, okay, don't hate me because I have a game. Don't hate me. I have a game. Pick a card and answer. And Crystal goes first. This is a great question, you guys. Is monogamy natural for humans? And of course, Erica pops up. Look, we're all mammals at the end of the day. <laughs> Already, I was like leaning in. I'm like, what? Like, I was like, we're all just monkeys trying to fuck each other. We're trying to put things in holes. Yeah. But she goes, females have always sought out whether he'd be a great provider, a great protector. Even you look at a female lioness, they'll go pick out young males that they think are on their way up. They have strong bloodlines. Yeah. Oh, my God. This poor man, Erica Jane's like hunting for in like the, the open of like, be careful. Erica Jane's on the look. She's looking for a strong bloodline. Be safe. Be safe. Dorit in a talking head goes, even female lioness will seek out younger, stronger males. Erica, what are you talking about? You married the oldest lion of the pack. <laughs> Crystal in the scene goes, you guys, we need to go find some strong bloodlines. And Kyle's like, I think it's individual too. I think that's something that probably a lot of people dealt with and, you know, having to suppress or whatever. And that's why they say it's difficult for some people to be monogamous. Kyle, what do you mean by suppressing? What are you talking about? Eric and Dorit seem to be looking closely at Kyle as she says this. And Garcelle's like, okay, I have a question for the married ladies. If you find out there was infidelity one time, is one time enough? To let it go. Would you answer? Would you say? And Kyle's like, um, I don't know. Agreeing. Dorit and Erica look long at Kyle. And Kyle and I talking to goes, we have dealt with so many rumors for so many years. Who cheated? Someone cheated. And we go through 2013 scenes with Brandy saying, Kyle, there's a story about Mauricio, LVP. of like, I've seen the gossip magazines, Kyle. I have to ask you. There are these nasty rumors about Mauricio, Nicolaine. And then Mauricio to Kyle in 2013 on the beach of like, love being this old thing is about these fucking magazine shit and everything. I mean, this is not, I'm fucking out here. And Kyle continues in a talking head. Do I look like the kind of person who'd be like, ah, just don't let me find out about it. No, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. Kyle goes, I don't know if I could, to be honest. And Eric's like, what do you think, Garcelle? What do you think? How do you feel about it? Garcelle's like, listen, I thought I met the man of my dreams and he was great and all of that. And I thought that was my last stop. I thought he was my last stop. Garcelle in a talking head goes, so thank God it's been some time, but, um, I found out my husband was cheating on me for five years with some chick in Chicago. By the way, that's a better way than she put it in the first time. Because when she did put that letter out, she put some slut in Chicago. So this is, you know, good that she's grown. Um, she's like, so I sent an email to his friends and our friends to say I've been cheated on. And when headlines flash to April 9th, 2010, the Inquisitor, Garcelle Bouvet Nylon exposes cheating husband in mass email. And another Garcelle Bouvet Nylon drops email bomb. Garcelle continues in a talking head. Like Tiger Woods and Jesse James, not a good day in the household. And that was the subject line of that email, you guys, was cheated on, like, or it was like, it was like Tiger Woods, Jesse James, Mike Nylon, her husband. 
what like what do these people all have all have in common? And fuck yeah, man, bust his ass out. And Dreed's like, listen, I would pull Lorena Bobbitt on PK. I would cut him from soup to nuts. Cut that man. Oh, please, leave me my bits and pieces, Dory, please. Garcelle's like, okay. And Dreed's like, and then I would really make him pay. And Garcelle's like, okay. Their food is delivered, looks amazing. They're blowtorching sage on top of a steak table side. And Dreed's like, I mean, he's burning sage. Isn't there a little irony here? And Kyle's like, what's the next card? Okay, ready. At what point does money stop making people happier? And have you reached it? And Erica, without hesitation, goes, no. And like, Dorit's like, uh-oh, I know a handful of billionaires. I would not want to trade places with them. And the camera pans to Sutton, who's just listening. And Garcelle's like, I can't imagine having that much. And Sutton's like, well, I wouldn't mind it. And Dorit's like, at what point does money stop making you happier? And Erica's like, the moment the lights are on, the moment that everything is taken care of, when you don't fear the next bill. The last couple of years, I went from having a lot to having nothing. And I'm not ashamed to have had to downsize and I have to change. But it does make me nervous. I don't want to look at the bills because it's such anxiety around money. When I see those numbers, I get nervous, I say, I say. I love that there's just like a stack of bills. He's like, just not opening. Mikey, open my mail, please. I don't want to see those bills. I mean, her bills had to be insane. And I'd like to point out, it doesn't seem like she's slowing down on any sort of... Um, you know, I mean, she looks great, has the glam crew, has all of this. Somebody's bankrolling Erica Jane, period, period. You can argue with me all you want. I don't care. Could be a friend. It doesn't have to be a lover, but somebody's bankrolling Erica Jane. It's not all Real Housewives of Beverly Hills money. I think we all know that, right? Erica and the talking head's like, being married to Tom was great because you were comfortable. You didn't sweat the light bill. You weren't sweating all this kind of stuff. I like you. She's like, I wasn't sweating the heat in the pool bill. Okay, cut to now. I'm not out traveling. I'd love to say that I've taken a vacation. I'm not doing shit other than rebuilding my life. And it's scary because as much as money comes in, money goes out. I do want to point out, like, we've seen Erica on private jets. Remember those, like, Daily Mail, like, paparazzi shots of her exiting, entering private jets? I don't know. Yeah. Erica's like, I would love to have gone shopping today and spend Tom's money and the stolen stuff, but uh, and been able to say, oh, I really love this purse. And like in the old days, say, yeah, let's get it. It's not my money. <laughs> but that's not the way it is now. And that's okay, too. Because when I go to buy something at Old Navy, TJ Maxx, I know that I fucking, you know, it's fine. I earned it. But it is frightening to be out there on your own, just with no backup, no safety plan, no net, as it were. Eric and the talking head goes, it's soul crushing. Literally soul crushing. Because you're thinking to yourself, how the fuck am I ever going to get out of this? How will I ever get above water? Also, is it bottled water? Or do I got to have ugly, poor people tap water? Will I ever own a home? Listen, this is her truth. So these are real feelings, right? And I'm sure there, there is a lot of realness here. But at the end of the day, though, when you go after these kind of things of being financially taken care of, it's really hard because it does lead to these issues. You know, for every action, there is a reaction. And we see this now. And I'm sure she does feel very deeply and sad about certain moments in this. But I think when you actually go, it's hard, man. And especially for women and especially for really attractive women. Um, it's really hard because I think when you do marry and money is a huge part of it, you're also at some point 
you know, we see that a bit, a little bit with Lenny Hochstein with Miami, with Lisa Hochstein, you're eventually going to get traded in. You know, if you're, you're in a relationship where money is a, a key thing, and I, I can say this easily because I don't have a lot of money. So uh, nobody's ever wanted to be with me for my money. Um, and I can't imagine, I can't imagine, first off, I can't imagine of ever having money in this lifetime, but if I ever do, I would be super suspect of anybody that liked me because of it. And I would be very aware because I'd be like, wait a sec. I've seen Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's wild. Anyways, Erica's like, I can see, hey, I got out of a fucked up marriage. Yeah, you know, whatever, money, fucking money. When you start talking about your freedom, things like that, that's a much different situation. That's the first time we've heard you say something like that, Erica. Yeah, well, I've had to be on the defensive for so long because I was attacked for so many things. With all that shit that was being said, it was ugly. A lot of people, I think, almost kind of wanted that to be true. And now that there's more time, I get to regain a sense of who I am. I'm a showman. <laughs> and not what was said. I almost don't want to think about it too much. Because if I get into thinking about it too much, it can become overwhelming. You get down the rabbit hole and, whoa, you don't want to do that either because you don't want to be scared. There's like a birthday cake and uh, there's another birthday thing. Um, they flash back to how many times we've celebrated Crystal's birthday. We've got a jet. We got the birthday balloon at the palace. We got the MC at Magic Mike Live. We got the birthday cake and birthday sign brought out dinner the previous night. And Kyle laughs and goes, she's now 75 years old since we started celebrating this birthday. Crystal's like, the birthday weekend is incredible. I can do this every night. I mean, just sign me up. Finally, we are at Gilly's Las Vegas. But also back to the Erica Jane thing for a second, because I keep thinking about it, is it's hard. Like, because... You would want to have sympathy, empathy, all of these things for her. And I, you do a little bit, but also remember, you know, she had pretty much zero to no zero empathy or sympathy for the victims, whether she had anything to do with it or not. In fact, the thing that always led me to believe that she had more to do it with just the lack of empathy, because when you are guilt free, you're like, oh, my God. I cannot imagine what you're going through. I cannot imagine what it was like to watch me spend all of this money frivol frivolously on this show. Like you, you know, to have real empathy and sympathy. So it's hard to have empathy and sympathy for Erica, even though I do in these moments, it is hard because she showed zero of it for so long. And ho who knows, maybe that'll change. Uh, Garcelle starts, uh, chant. Yeah. Anyway, so we're at Gilly's Vegas. The ladies arrive. It's line dancing and country music and neon signs saying cowgirls welcome. And Kyle's like, I saw a ball. And Garcelle's like, where is it? And Kyle's like, I just remembered I twisted my ankle and I have to go home. <laughs> and Sutton's like, at least our outfits work here. Sutton's ready, dude. They get a, a seated at the table and Erica's like, I love you guys, but this is a different crowd. And for some reason, the camera pans to an older man with a big white mustache and a big cowboy hat and probably a good old boy rancher, which by the way, Erica, that could actually be a future husband for you. What do you think? Garcelle goes, this is so cool. I've never been in a place like this ever before in my life. It did seem like a fun place. Garcelle and I talking, I goes, the music, the atmosphere, the people, the whiteness. Oh, we are not in Beverly Hills. They place their Beverly Hills drink orders and suddenly a cowboy runs and jumps, landing on a standing position on top of the mechanical bull. I mean, just think about the the stomach work that I could never do anything like this. Um, and it's in motion. And the lady's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. The guy is just line dancing on top of this bouncing cow. And Eric is like, that's what I'm talking about. And Dorit's like, oh, my God, Sutton, that might be your cowboy. And Sutton's eyes light up. She's like, ooh. I'm getting pulled in. Cowboy with good abs, I'll say. I'll say. 
Um, the ride finishes. He jumps off, takes a bow, and Kyle's like, who's going first? And Sutton's like, well, I'm nervous about the bull. Oh, my God. Yeah. But Sutton, you, this now is your time. You can't have your magic mic. This is your time. And Kyle's like, you're nervous about the bull? Hell, yeah, I'm nervous about the bull. Kyle, look at it. Look at that bull. Sutton and they're talking heads like, well, it's a bad idea. No, I say, I say, abort mission. Abort bull mission. The ladies are watching as a cowboy grabs a cowgirl and carries her over to a bull and sets her on top for a ride. And Garcelle's like, oh, he manhandles her. And Dreet's like, that's what I mean. Garcelle is in love. They watch as the cowgirl is being spun and jittered and tilted all over the bull. And Sutton and a talking head goes, I'm watching all these other girls. What do they have that I don't? No, she doesn't say She goes, their chests are really bouncing all around. I'm looking at my group of girls and God knows we don't need any of those implants flattening out. I say, I say. Sutton and Kyle goes, you can go first, Kyle. Okay, I'll go. Bye, guys. Kyle goes over to the bull arena and Garcelle's like, go, go, go. Um, Kyle goes up to Robert, the mechanical bull operator, and goes, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Well, I need not to go fast. I need to look good. You know, and Robert's like, look at you. Do you think I could make you look bad if I tried? Come on, rodeo. You're at a rodeo. It would be great if he did call a rodeo from Rock of Love. And Kyle's like, well, maybe I, I don't want to fall off. Do I have to take my shoes off? Nope. Put your feet together. Arms up as high as you can go. Arms up. And Kyle puts her arms up and Robert picks her up over the rail, puts her on top of the bull. The bell clangs and Kyle lifts her arm over her head and holds onto the bull. The operator slowly spins the bull and jiggles it a lot. As it goes around, Kyle yells, I'm going to kill you, Sutton. Kyle's getting bucked and tossed, but's hanging on just like Kyle does in real life. And Dreet yells, Come on, baby! Beep, boop, 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 boop. Sutton hides her face in embarrassment. Kyle, Kyle's ride ends, and Robert runs over and lifts her off the bull and goes, that was good. That wasn't so too terrible. And Sutton's like, why, why did I say I'd do this? Why? Oh, my God. And Kyle's like, Sutton going yet? And Sutton to Robert goes, well, you got to be very nice to me. And Robert's like, I have to? Yes. And Kyle's like, is she flirting with him? And Garcelle's like, I don't know. Sutton to Robert goes, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to go. I'm not going over your shoulder. I'm not. Don't put me over your shoulder. And Robert's like, no, of course not. Robert leads her to the bull and gives her a leg up onto the bull like a lady. And Sutton's like, well, now go really slow and don't shake it. Uh, I bet she's not wearing a bra. I'm not kidding about all that stuff, Robert. I say, I say, I want you to be real nice to me. And Kyle yells, come on, Sutton. Dreet's like, come on, Sutton. You got this. Sutton gives the sign of the cross and holds onto the bull. And Dreet yells, you look great, Sutton. Hold on tight. Oh, I'm scared for her. Sutton holds on and awkwardly bends her left arm at her elbow. And Kyle yells, raise your arm up higher. The bell clangs. The bull tilts back and spins slowly and tilts forward and jiggles a little. And Sutton's actually riding the bull. Awkwardly as hell, but she's doing it. She's not being thrown off. And Sutton yells, okay, I say, I say, that's enough. I'm getting tired. My bones are aching. Eric and I talking to her goes, if Sutton's bull riding skills are anything like her dick riding skills, no wonder she's not getting a second date. Okay, Erica. Gloves are off. First off, F you. Second off, how do why don't why don't we see you, your dumbass, get up there? Let's see all the sexy bull ride. Let's see how you ride. Just up. Like imagine, oh yeah, Erica. My theory about Erica is she talks tough and she's not near like she's like, ah, I love missionary. Well, I just lay there. Yeah. But fuck you. Sutton was great. She was lovely, right? And also, what I mean, like, uh, anyways, this is obviously a line, a lit, written line that she's very proud that she delivered. Now, why does she not get in a second day? And then she goes, <laughs> woo, yeah, no. And then she pauses and she says again, no. Well, good, Erica. Don't fuck Sutton then. How about that? 
Robert lifts Sutton up the bowl and Garcelle's like, all right, happy birthday, Crystal, for the last time to friendship. Music plays and the music uh, lyrics are, it's my life. I'm doing what I want to. It's my life. I'm going to own it. Doing what I want when I want it. And we're back at Resorts World Palace Suite. The ladies pack their bags and are ready to go home. And the elevator door opens dramatically. And this is like if in Empire Strikes Back, if you guys watch Star Wars, it's at the when when they're at Lando Calrissian's Cloud City, and like he's providing a safe haven to Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia and Chewbacca and all all the cast of characters. He's supposed to provide like a safe haven, but then like the door opens and all of a sudden it's Vader. Darth Vader is there. You realize that this bastard Lando Calrissian, played by Billy D. Williams, set these people up. And this is what Erica does right here, because the door opens and it's Davis, one of the dancers from Magic Mike, who's with Mikey Minden. And Erica goes, Davis, oh my God, hey, Sutton, here's your chance to apologize. And she points at Sutton and then points at Davis. And Sutton's like, well, sorry, y'all. Y'all were amazing. I'll say, I'll say, y'all, y'all were amazing. Here's your chance to apologize, my friend. Davis, the performer at Magic Mike, goes, I, I really appreciate that. Mikey, Erica's creative director, is also in the elevator, but we cannot see him. He's just saying, Beshert. Uh Erica's like, who you said was over the top and the show was shitty? And says like, no, I did not say the show was shitty. I said I wore my dick riding pants. I didn't get dick red. Uh, she's like, no, I didn't say the show was shitty at all. Don't put words in my mouth, Erica. I didn't say the show was shitty at all. I said the dancers were amazing. It was just the one spread eagle thing. I say, I say. I mean, that's a, it was that one thing where it was looking like he was munching your box over your pants. And Davis goes, well, maybe you guys can come again next time and see the whole show. And Kyle's like, I would love to. And Chris is like, I had fun. And Son's like, well, I know. I missed the good parts, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love it. He's like, the whole show, it gets really artistic at the end. Um, we pull out our dongs and we, um, we we spray everywhere and it's like a Pollock painting. It's very artful. Um, sorry. Sorry, you guys. Anyways, um, Son's like, well, I, I miss the good parts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mikey's like, Viva Las Vegas. And Son's like, bye. And the elevator door closes and Son's like, really, Erica Jane? You put words in my mouth? I never said the show was shitty. Now I'm hurt, Erica. Uh, and Erica's twirling her ponytail and just sweats, like just uh, looks like a bump on a log. It's like, it doesn't matter. And son's like, well, don't say that. I don't lie. Don't say that. And Erica's like, lie. You didn't like it. Erica in a talking head goes, the lit thing is still in effect. We flash back to the jet ride over to Vegas where Erica's like, I gave up fighting with y'all for Lent as a good Catholic. Erica continues in a talking head. But God gave me the pass to confront Sun. Yeah, God shined upon me that day, opened the doors, and there it was like, you cannot time that. He said, you know what, Erica, after the last two years, she treated you so shitty, honey. Here's your moment. And I said, thanks, God. I'm taking it. Well, Erica, you know, listen. Oh, wait, what's that? God? Is that you? Well, yeah. Oh, I know the shows are long sometimes, but I just have. Okay, well, well. You're saying that I could, are you sure, God? I don't want to, okay, but with your, with your permission, God, are you, okay. Erica, you're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. You continue to be a horrible person. You, this is all like, come on. I, you know what? You can like her all you want. I, pa Erica Jane, pa. Evil, 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 evil. 
Oh, just God told me that's enough. Okay, that's it. But, you know, thank you, God, for that. Yeah, five stars, Apple Podcasts. Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you. Okay, say hi to mom. Uh, the ladies are heading out of the hotel, and Dorit catches up to Sutton. And Dorit's like, are you okay, Sutton? And Sutton's like, well, that was shitty. That was shitty, I say, I say. And Garcia's like, the fact that the elevator door opened and they were in the elevator? I can't. Like, don't, that's not like, that was not fucking, like, timing from God. They're all in the waiting sprinter, and Dorit's like, Sutton, are you okay? And Sutton's like, well, I am. I gotta say, Erica, to purposely embarrass me was kind of mean. And Eric's like, here's one. I have gas. I'm farting up a stone. No, she's like, here's one. I knew this. We were having a great time, and then I heard that you weren't. Flashback to two days earlier, leaving the Magic Might Theater, where Sutton's like, I am very uncomfortable about... <laughs> no, sorry. Sutton's like... I'm very uncomfortable about the whole thing. Sorry. Call me a prude. I don't get a second date. I don't fucking care. Sutton in the Sprinter band goes, well, just because I don't want to stay doesn't affect anyone else. And Erica's like, but you made it a big deal. And Sutton's like, it turned into a big deal the more people came out. And we get a flashback to Kyle coming out. And Kyle like, so you're worried about the ballet company? Because Sutton was like, I'm on the board of the American Ballet Theater, please. And Sutton's like, no, it's about the performance. And Garcelle's like, the integrity. And Sutton's like, thank you, Garcelle. And Kyle's like, no, but she said her brand too. And Sutton's like, you're such a bitch, Kyle, you bitch. Eric and the Sprinter band goes, did you have to take it to the point where you got heated in the lobby and heated? And Sutton's like, we haven't seen you get heated and lose it so many times, Erica, Erica Jane. And Dorit's like, if you could do it again. Would you have gone back inside just so that Garcelle and Kyle would have gone back so that we could all have been there and get humped on as a family, as a sisterhood of the humping, traveling pants? And Garcelle's like, no, she she wouldn't have. It doesn't it doesn't matter, though. And Kyle's like, no. So it's like, why couldn't I? Why, why can't I sit in the lobby? Why, why, could, why couldn't I be there? Um, I do love the fact. Also, Erica Jane didn't even fucking notice. She just noticed some seats were empty. She didn't. She was getting like fucking space work Marcel Marceau'd like finger blasted on stage like who what anyways but this is like good fodder for the show Kyle's like you were in the moment it was very like an over the top reaction and Garcelle's like you were and Sun's like well I'm not gonna talk about these ad nauseum I'll say I'll say and Eric's like why because you feel cornered we do see the shot of them in this van or this limo and Sutton is in a corner and all the ladies are facing her you see it with the camera shot and it's kind of brilliant Sun's like oh Oh, with y'all, me being cornered by y'all again? Y'all have cornered me for months. I'm so used to it. I'm sorry that I ruined it for all of you. And for those dancers, I feel terribly for it. I hate the fact that those dancers went home that night and said Sudden Shrek didn't get rubbed on. Please. I can't believe that. It very much hurts. It hurts that I made people quit their dancing gigs, potentially. And Dorit's like, that's okay. And Sun's like, no, it's it's not. But it, it, it ends like this. And Dorit's like, do you mean that? And Sun's now crying. He's like, yes, I mean that. You know how badly I feel? I do. I genuinely do. Well, just do it. Keep coming. That's what I just said. I genuinely. And Garcelle's like, well, my problem is, I wish you had gone after her, Dorit. And Dorit's like, me too. I, I wanted to. And Sun's like, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And Garcia's like, I wish you had, because it always feels like I do. Now, this reminds me of that scene in Steel Magnolias where it's like, don't talk about me like I'm not here, mama. <laughs> Drink your juice, Shelby. Drink your juice. Drink your juice, Sutton. Drink your juice. Um, Dorita, Dorita goes, I would have liked to. I would have liked for you to say to her, Sutton, you're overreacting. Let's just go finish getting humped on. And 
Gosh, I was like, you don't know what I said to her. You weren't in it. I said all those things. I didn't ask her to come back because she was at a 10. She was 10. And Dorit's like, but could you take her from a 10 to a 2? I like Dorit's like, could you have taken it to a 2 and then bring her in to get humped on? Could you? And Gosh, I was like, I'm not her therapist. I'm her friend. And Dorit goes, oh my gosh, Garcelle, please, please. I'm not trying to have a screaming match with you. And Garcelle's like, I'm not either. But Andrea's like, I'm not attacking you guys, please. And Sun's like, I'm not going to apologize for this again. I'm really sorry for getting unhinged or whatever. I'm sorry I felt uncomfortable. I say, I say I'm done with this conversation. I'm done. And Dorita Erica goes, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Dorita Sutton, are you good? And Garcelle chuckles, I mean, Dorit. And Dorit's like, you feel like you finished? You said everything? And Sun's like, Dorit, honestly. Dorit touching Sutton's thigh. Very erotic. It's like, I'm trying to end this conversation. And Sun's like, well, you know I love the words. Zip it with you. Just sometimes silence is golden. Dorit. And Dorit's like, okay. And she, uh, deep sigh. They arrive at the airport, climb in the jet, and they fly back to LA. That, why don't we get that fucking flight? Why don't we, I want that flight. I want the Mo. And and PK, I want this. I would pay extra. Um, guess what, guys? We're back in Los Angeles. Kyle's out for a run. We find Erica over at the Hollywood Dojo where she's donning boxing gloves and pounding a sandbag. If you turn up the sound, you can tell she is just farting up a storm. And just and wet farts too. Just really gross wet farts. And I'm really proud that they left that in because I think that shows us that we can all wet fart at a dojo. Trender's like, okay, other side. He's like, other side. Yeah, roundhouse. She's 51. So she's 51. She looks great. She's on hormones. Um, now we're at Sutton's house. She's in the kitchen talking to her pets. This was, And she's like, okay, it's Miller time, as I used to say. That was a commercial. And she's just talking to her dog. She's like, let me tell you about the commercials of the 90s, doggies. Um, yeah, you know, they had a, what was it? A, uh, El Paso beans. They would be like, get a rope. <laughs> they would, and there was one in the eighties with the old lady and be like, where's the beef? <laughs> and the dogs, her Husky Lucy, just wearing a bandana scarf, her cat Babette, they're all watching, uh, her and Sutton's still talking to herself. She's like, we need some groceries. I must, I must do that. I must do groceries. She pours herself a large glass of um uh she well, she goes the 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 vodka first puts in a healthy amount of vodka and then her ocean spray ruby red grapefruit juice and the producers the producers note it's one p.m. by the way <laughs> we can see Sutton's yellow lab Waylon hanging out in the yard so they see her pour this drink and then they do the shots of all the dogs kind of look, kind of like potentially looking concerned of like are we gonna get fed tonight what's where's Avi what's going on here. Um, Sutton settles outside on her patio and takes a swig of her refreshment. She's like, ah, delicious. I'm wearing my drinking ruby red grapefruit juice and vodka pants. It's raining in LA. We see the four citizens huddling under umbrellas and wearing hoodies for protection. And we catch Erica heading to Madre restaurant with her Burberry umbrella. Oh, she gets a table for two. And Erica's like, do you have any chamomile or mint tea? And we have both actually. Mint, please. Garcelle walks in and she's like, you made it. I made it, Erica. Oh, don't you look cute. You sm- it smells so good in here. Hi. How are you? So tired after Vegas. I had a roommate. I know. Did you sleep? They flash back to Sutton and Garcelle sharing a room three days earlier. And it's late and Sutton's prowling around the room. And Sutton's like, Garcelle, I'm being very chit-chatty at night, I say, I say. And Garcelle's like, no, 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 I'm going to sleep. Okay, you're not very fun, Garcelle. I just got a book on tantric sex. Is it okay if I read some stuff to you? I'm going to read you this thing about called Jackhammer. <laughs> yeah. Garcelle tosses in her bed. I don't care if you burn. 
Now in this scene, Erica's like, well, how about Kyle and Doreen having to sleep in the same bed? First of all, I am too old for this. And Garcelle's like, okay. I am not doing it. And Kyle says that Doreen talks in her sleep. What is Doreen? Oh, Jagaloo! Bubblicious! Oh, yes! Oh, you come to me in this beautiful dream! Oh, I love it! I love it! <laughs> um... Uh, Garcelle puts her hand and fist bumps um, Eric or fist bumps then fist bumps her hands together. We're not understanding each other. I think for someone who talks so much, she doesn't listen. Eric is like, I've learned to speak Doreen. And Garcelle laughs, speak Doreen to me. And so, you know, and I just kind of zone out and then I come back. Oh, okay. And Garcelle's like, she's detail oriented, which I appreciate very. And it becomes this. And she makes a big arch with her arms. Right. She paints the picture. With every stroke. Well, I think my biggest problem with her the other day was when I shared my feelings, she became defensive about it. Two days earlier, we cut back to that scene with Garcelle going, I don't know if I can trust you guys when it comes to my family because I'm still a little bit with the laughing at Jax. And Dreed's like, what else can happen, Garcelle? I don't know. I mean, it's been over a year. And Erica and this scene goes, you guys will come around. I think that you both want to. Erica, statesman, you know, Secretary of State Erica Jane. Garcelle goes, listen, you and I can sit across from each other and you know what I mean. Yes, everything is possible. Is it? Are you kidding? Ew. And Garcelle's like, yeah. Garcelle Matagni goes, it's shocking to me to be at this lunch here with Erica. I don't think that we could get to a place where we could have a one-on-one. I think Erica's more open now. I think Erica's less guarded with us. I'm, I think we're seeing a new Erica. And Garcelle's like, so how are you after Vegas? I have a little bone to pick out of Vegas. Okay, pick it. Let's go. Okay, Sutton of it all. Yeah. I thought you were going to go after her. No. But then when you did later on, here's what. How about we stop saying, here's what. Here's what. We go to Magic Mike. Sutton has a stack of singles. We're all going to get on stage. Then all of a sudden it flipped. Erica Jane's like, I had my eye on those singles. You didn't think I wanted some walking around money? Come on. Garcelle's like, right, it flipped. I definitely saw the flip. You know that's not okay. You don't have to drag everybody into it. Yeah. It's kind of like hijacking the moment. Totally. Oh, Erica, really? Can we flash? Wait, where are the fucking editors for this? We flash back to every time Erica Jane hijacked a dinner scene two seasons ago or even last season. Are you out of your mind? Erica's like, instead of everybody having a good time, now we're worrying about her. And Garcelle's like, and that's exactly what happened. We weren't able to get our private parts rubbed the way we wanted to. Garcelle in a talking head goes, I don't know what's up with the fact that I defend Sutton all the time. Maybe I need to let Sutton fight her own battles from now on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. And Erica's like, we can't be that uptight. Right. You know, let's not clutch the pearls too hard. Let's put the pearls on our butts. Yeah. It's still storming in LA and we're at Sutton's house. She's descending the staircase and calling out her property manager, Avi, I say, I say, where are you, Avi? Come on. He's uh, at the bottom of the stairs with a rose bouquet, incense sticks, and a candle burning on it. Did you move that there? Do we like it? I don't know. I'm not hating it, I guess. We hear, hello. Kyle arrives at the house. Did you just come into my house in your hunting boots, Kyle? Yeah, I'm wearing my hunting boots. Kyle obviously still wanting to be in the snow-capped mountains. Oh my gosh. We get a flashback to 2020 with Sutton showing Kyle a surprise. Sutton going, I have a little gift for the girls. Look. And Kyle's like, you're kidding me. These are rain boots. Remember when Kyle gave everybody monogrammed rain boots? Sutton hugs Kyle. and It's like, mana at the store. And Kyle's like, it's like treacherous rain. Do you have any hot chocolate or tea? I do. I have both. I also have a big bottle of vodka. 
And uh, Sutton's like, why don't you come to the kitchen? Sutton puts out her hand to pull Kyle along. Kyle grabs her hand. Oh, what is this? That's cute. Referring to a very large green ring on Sutton's hand. She is the new green lan- lantern. And Sutton's like, well, I got so much tea. Sutton's husky Lucy is calmly laying in her kitchen dog bed. And Kyle's like, oh, this is a fancy kind. They look expensive, these teas. Well, they are. They are expensive teas. And Kyle's like, well, I drink like Lipton. <laughs> oh, Kyle salted the earth. Uh, oh, they're just for decoration. You're going to give me the cheap tea. Okay, okay. Um, Sutton's like, but Kyle is coming into this scene a little bit antagonistic, right? Sutton's like, no, this is what I like. And she holds dried, flowered, organic tea. And Kyle's like, throat coat. Don't be giving me smooth move and thinking you're funny. Smooth move is a, a laxative tea. Um, I should drink more of it. Sounds like, well, this is very fancy tea. And Kyle's like, that's like, who wants a bunch of flowers to drink? Well, people do, not me. And Kyle mocks and repeats with a severe Southern accent. People. And so it's like, Kyle treats Sutton like she's one of Kyle's sisters. Do you notice that? Like the relationship, she's really easy. Like she feels, and maybe it's also like the power dynamic of sometimes she can't stand up to Kathy this way, but she has no problem like kind of talking down to Sutton sometimes. You notice that? Kyle grabs a bag. It's like, can't me a lavender. I'll do that. Well, I'm having a cocktail. I don't want any tea. And Abby's like, you want water with lemon? No, I'm having a cocktail, Abby. I've had a very long day. It's 1030 in the morning. No, no, it's, I don't know what time. Um, Anyways, Avi's like, I got you. And Kyle rolls her eyes. What's happening? Sutton's like, look at Avzi. Look at Avzi breaking out the treats. And Kyle's like, thank you so much. Um, how are you feeling after Vegas? And she's like, um, what not my favorite departure? <laughs> yes. Juliana in the note says, that's not a typo. She said, wadn't, wadn't, wadn't. I said, wadn't my favorite departure. Wadn't was. We had a flash of the sprinter on their way out to the airport a day earlier. And Sutton's like, grateful to end like this. Okay. And Dorit's like, do you mean that? And Garcelle's like, no, listen, we've been having Sutton's like, yes, I mean that. Do you know how badly I feel over Magic Mike Dong people? Sutton's like, Erica specifically, intentionally embarrassed me, I say, I say. Kyle looks at Sutton with a smirk on her face. Like, what's the smirk for, Kyle? Ugh. Sutton with an overly dramatic flair goes, Q elevator doors with Erica Jane. Sutton dramatically demonstrates Erica's behavior with her best Gloria Swanson and throws her arm up in the air. Oh, Sutton, oh, Sutton, now's your chance. You can apologize. Sutton does a pretty good Erica Jane. Kyle's watching Sutton trying not to laugh and Sutton looks at Kyle. What? What? What the hell is that? What the hell is it? What you doing? Wasn't it? And Kyle's like, okay, just let me say something. Hang on. I'm not done, Kyle. And Kyle's like, what are you, Dorit? Excuse me? I'm not done with my... What What am I saying? Okay, well, let me know when you're done, because I would like to talk, too. And Sutton's like, don't talk to me like that, I say, I say, don't. Sutton in the talking head goes, Kyle and I have made a promise to one another to have each other's backs. We get a flashback to Kyle and Sutton three weeks earlier, where Sutton's like, we're like really good friends, but I need for you, I need for you to have my back more. I do, I do. And Kyle's like, uh-huh. I'll be better moving forward. Noted. And Sutton continues in the talking head. Well, I had a revelation after my trip from Vegas. I like that Erica talked to God in Vegas and, and Sutton potentially had a revelation from God as well. And I, my revelation said, Kyle's not my true friend. She's never had my back. And she's never going to have my back. She's not going to have old Sutton's back. And Kyle's like, are you okay? Well, I'm very okay, Kyle. Okay. You defend your friend. And Kyle's like, I'm not, defend your friend. And Kyle's like, 
listen to me. Don't talk like that, son. Defend your friend. And Kyle's like, you're my friend. Why do you think I'm sitting there right now? But she's like mocking her, rolling her eyes. Just because I can see, you know, another perspective. That doesn't mean I'm not your friend. Well, you sometimes come in when you haven't even heard the whole story, dang name it. Kyle goes, I'm actually very offended when I hear you say that, okay? And Sutton stiffens up. And Kyle's like, I saw my friend in distress. I go over there and, I, and you say, you insert yourself. By the way, fuck you. That's fucking rude. You have a habit of losing your shit and it's ridiculous. In ridiculous circumstances, too. Sutton lowers her chin and glares at Kyle. Name him. That what? Name him. Well, name him. Well, what you did, name them. Sutton points her finger at the table. Name them. Well, be quiet. Name them. And Kyle yells, well, let me talk. Jesus. Sutton gives the Kyle the old up and down look and smirks at her. Then points at the table again. Like this is like a real pause. Sutton's smiling. Name them. I love this. This is like a theater play. This is like, I bet you know I'm the god. Name them right here. Let's do it on the count of three. One, two, name them. Kyle pauses in disbelief. Sutton again. Name him. Kyle's like, I don't know if you're actually okay. Name him. Are you okay? Name him. Stop doing that. You're being incredibly, incredibly rude. How am I being rude, Kyle? Well, if you don't see that, well, I don't, I say. I say, I don't understand the word rude. And Kyle's like, you want me to get a dictionary? Well, I'm asking you to name him. Then be quiet and I will, please. And Sutton bugs her eyes in defiance. When you didn't have a gift at Lisa Rinna's house, and then you had to say, your ugly leather pants, you lost your shit there. We get a flashback to that day in 2021. Chris was like, you're upset because you're jealous? Jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants? Crystal stands there smiling with her hands in the pocket of the ugly leather pants. Kyle's like, you lost your shit in Lake Tahoe. Flashback to 2020 in Tahoe. Sutton to Crystal going, I was going to leave this morning. Sutton rolling her face with that purple roller. Sutton's like, seriously, this helps calm me down. And Kyle's like, you lost your shit in the show. Two days earlier, a flashback. Kyle going, are you upset because they didn't ask you to get up there and, you're, you're, and you were wearing pants? No. Are you kidding me? That has nothing to do with that. Kyle's like, well, maybe a little something. This got nothing to do with the pants. Nothing to do with pants. And Kyle's like, okay then you should not be offended because you didn't go up there. And Kyle yells, and you don't seem okay now, frankly. And Sutton, stares, Sutton, does, Sutton does some great face work. She like does this like, zoiks. Like it's like, like the face goes like, and her eyes like get bigger. And they were already pretty much like, I wish it ended with name them. But it just says to be continued. And we don't get scenes from next week. What an episode, folks. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. I hope you like this recap. I really had fun with this one. And I'm going to go rest my voice now. But uh, I love you guys. You made it to Friday. Have the best flipping weekend ever. Drink something great. Eat something good. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Tell them you love them. Read something. Watch something. Listen to something. Um, tell people you love them. Kiss people, but only with their permission. And dance like no one's watching. Or, you know, just dance like you, I don't know. Do all the stuff. And we'll, we'll see you bright and early Monday morning for a pop culture roundup. And there'll be some Patreon episodes this week and weekend. Bye, guys. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. 
Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.